Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. T R P E. The realest podcast ever, realest podcast ever. Two brothers bringing thinking on the second level. Music, sports, fashion, politics, and the streets. The best two hours out of every week. YDN, dinosaurs, and YBODs. Real talk every time, this is what you need. We just out here popping shit. It's your boy C. Diddy, and Matt makes me sick. TRPE, TRPE, go. TRPE, TRPE, go. The realest podcast ever. The realest podcast ever. For me. Once again, it's on. We are back. Realist Podcast Ever, episode 102. Recording here live from the law offices of Fane, Kane, Giordano, and Stern. Yo, it's really a... I was just looking at him when you were so upstairs. I'm like, it's a, it's a doctor's office in the, the foyer. <laughs> then, like, the living room is a law office. And then the dining room is a podcast studio. And then upstairs is a co-op yeah. for uh, clothes design. <laughs> it's everything. It's, Shit a, it's is crazy. A, it's a creative space, is what they call it. It's what the millennials call it. Yeah. 102 episodes. We've uh we've really cranked it up this uh, last three months here. Oh yeah, we've been rolling. We we what were we like eight nine in a row, maybe ten. Maybe ten. Yeah, going back to uh, like December twenty third. Yeah, we've been fucking rolling for real, for real. We've been killing this shit. A couple times we did two episodes in one week, including the live pod week. Uh, this episode should be interesting because in out of like our first hundred and one episodes, we this is the first one we have nothing written down. I'm actually excited. It's all up here, baby. We have we have jack shit written down. We have no topics. We're just gonna talk. Yeah. We're just gonna go for it. That's actually kind of decent. Yeah. I think those be our best conversations too. Like when we get to going in a group chat and the yeah. the voice notes be eight minutes long <laughs> and all that shit. Gotta keep tapping my phone because yeah. fucking iPhone only lets you keep your screen open for twelve <laughs> seconds. Cause I got a fucking VPN on my phone. Yo, I had to turn that shit off. Like the uh, just cut like oh, the the, 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 uh, the one minute turn because yeah. you you ever get like. Two minutes into a six-minute voice note, and then you like, ah, shit. Like, because you can't go, so right. you got to re-listen. That should be in the way. Yeah. You know what I'm dealing with right now? <laughs> Fucking Sprint, who I hate, by the way. I have Sprint, by the way. Yo, listen. Tell Long you how ridiculous this year was. User. I had a two-year lease with Sprint. The lease is up. They don't tell you the lease is up. No. It just ends. So I go into the store. I'm like, hey, you know, uh, I've been contemplating, like, getting, you know, upgrading my phones. This shit's kind of old. You know what I'm saying? And mind you, it's an iPhone 6 that I had. So this shit's been over. It, it was the right. So the shit was over. Over. No, no. I, I got this is the ten, but I'm just telling you the process of the, everything. This is a couple years in the making. Okay. So the six is is done. I'm like, yo, um. What I got to do as far as, like, trading this in? Can I trade it in? You know, whatever, whatever. She was like, okay, well, you had a two-year lease on the phone. I'm like, okay, that's, it's, I know I've had the phone for two years. She was like, yeah, you're going on, you're, you're almost at three years with the phone. So I'm like, so damn, I was paying the lease price every month. It was like $32 or whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, when was the lease up? She was like, 10 months ago. I'm like, so why the fuck am I still paying $32 <laughs> every month? She's like, well, when your lease is up, you basically go month to month. And I'm like, uh, what? This like, is not an apartment. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. I'm like, basically like an apartment. So I'm like, all right, well, look, 
what do I got to do to like get a new phone or whatever? She was like, well, you can either give the phone back or you can buy it outright. I'm like, buy it outright, bitch. I didn't give y'all extra three hundred and seventy five dollars. That ain't enough. On, right. So she was like, well, the buyout for the phone right now would be one sixty five. I'm like, so thirty two dollars a month for two years, thirty two dollars a month for another year. And I still got your buck sixty five. So literally, we was like, "Fuck that!" We going to AT and T because her shit was done with Verizon, I think. Okay. So we got a joint joint on AT and T. So I'm like, "Look, I'm done with it all. I'm gonna just give y'all the fucking phone back." Boom, and I'm out of here. I'm done with all of this shit. So, I the lady, I'm on the phone with the with the Sprint representative. She was like, "Well, you could trade trade the phone in at any retailer, whatever, whatever. Um, just make sure you wipe the phone out because you know you giving it back. Take all your shit out. You know, back up your heart. Your what they call your cloud and yeah. you know. So I do that. Wipe the phone out. The phone says Ola in the white screen when you turn the <laughs> yeah, shit on. You know so, what I'm saying? Yeah. I take it. We go to Cherry Hill Mall. It's a Sprint store in there. I say, Hey, look, I'm turning this phone in. Da 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 da. The lady says, Oh. We're an authorized retailer. We're not an actual Sprint store. We can't take the phone here. So I'm like, well, what the fuck? Because this is the only <laughs> off day I got. <laughs> so, so boom, I leave from there. So maybe the next weekend, no, yeah, the next week I go to the Sprint store because I had a doctor's appointment. I go to the Sprint store on Cotman Avenue, out uh, the boulevard. Yeah. I go into the Sprint store. Hey, look, I'm turning in this iPhone. Mind you, I already got the 10 on AT&T. The phone <laughs> not on. Like, I done canceled the service. I'm literally just turning the phone yeah. in. So I, I, I go in there. I'm like, look, I'm turning the phone in. Boom, boom, boom. She was like, oh, we don't take phones in the store anymore. You got to call customer service, and they got to send you a, return, a, kit. a return kit <laughs> to send the fucking joint back. So I'm like... Y'all are driving me up a fucking... Where, where is Sprint? Where is the headquarters? I'll take this phone and put it in the fucking mailbox. Something. So the lady like, yeah, boom, boom, boom. Give me your address. Boom, I'll send it out to you. Okay, cool. A week goes past. Two weeks go past. Three weeks go past. I'm living life. I'm not thinking of niggas getting shot, William bikes, all this crazy. I'm not even thinking about the fucking phone. So maybe like a month... Maybe like five weeks go past. Yeah. I'm in the closet because we got like a big ass walk-in closet. I'm in the closet like I don't know what the fuck I was doing, and I saw the phone like in between some some sneaker boxes. I'm like, damn, did they ever send me the kit to send the joint? So I yeah. call Sprint. I'm like, yo, um, where is the the kit for the? She was like, oh, well, we sent it to your address. Boom, boom. She running your address off. Then she said the apartment number. I'm like, nah, bitch. This, <laughs> This is 908. They sent it to 809. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, yeah, I never got the kit. She was like, okay, we gonna send it you, back we're out. We gonna send you another one. We gonna send another you another kit. kit. So maybe another week goes past. I don't get the kit. So I'm just like, yo, what the fuck is going on? I call Sprint again. I'm like, yo, I never got the second return <laughs> kit. She was like, well, let me look your information up. Boom, 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 boom. She look it up. Matt Kane. She was like. Oh, yeah, the account is closed. I'm like, no shit. I closed it months ago, but I still got to turn this fucking phone in. She was like, well, yeah, the, uh, the account got closed, and it got sent over to collections. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so a couple weeks ago, I get an envelope, a, a joint from a collection agency. I owe $312 for Sprint. I'm like, yo, what, what the fuck, dog? Could have just gave y'all the 165 that, four months ago. So I st and I called Dan. I'm like, yo, you want to buy iPhone 6? He's like, no, nah, not really. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck?
<laughs> like I'm trying to make anything off of this fucking phone at this point. So yeah, that's it. And I'm I'm literally I call Sprint and they just like don't know what the fuck to say. And it's, I'm just like it's beyond us now. It's, it's above. So us I'm now. just pay the shit. But I'm like this is the bullshit that I'm dealing with. Like. Just on the street I didn't even know The shit was on there Like I said Cause you know We going through The whole crib process yeah. And I'm just like Wait what the fuck Do I have in collections Sprint 300 And the shit is $312 I'm like how the fuck It go from 165 To 312 Streets gotta eat baby Dude, That's why Shit crazy duck So yeah That's the bullshit right now <laughs> Fuck Sprint Holy Forever shit. and ever Dumbest shit ever Um Over the last few days And we talked about this Extensively The last couple days I've convinced myself I don't need to go outside anymore. I hate it, actually. Um, and I don't mean, like, just outside, like, after 9 p.m., like, nighttime outside. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go outside ever. Like, I just need to stay in the fucking confines of my nice apartment. I rode through Southwest. I don't know if you saw my tweets. I was like, get me out of Southwest. <laughs> Yo, I saw, I'm talking about between... Lindbergh and Island, you know where the, the plaza yeah, yeah, yeah. is, between Lindbergh and Island and the Dunkin' Donuts on Cobbs Creek, I saw like nine almost at like, the Africans are running wild. And I hate to be that guy, but they're they're in Land Cruisers and they're running wild. Land Cruisers, four runners Yo. and 94 Maximus <laughs> with side with, plates. With Miraton. <laughs> they're going crazy over there. I'm like, yo, it was so many on, um, like, just in, the one where you had to yeah. see him run the red light at Woodland and Island. I couldn't believe that shit, yo. Like, it, it's just insane. I just was like, this is why I don't like coming outside, yo. It just, it bugs me to fuck out. I have a rule about Southwest. I don't drive into the teeth of Southwest. Yo, I only it, drive around the perimeters. It sounds crazy to people that I talk to from, like, the new Southwest. <laughs> like, new Southwesterians. Yeah. I don't know if that's a word, but, like, Penrose, Pascal. 70th Street, like a Finnegan's. Yeah. Um, even over to like 66 and Dicks, like where the 108 go and all of that shit, up back up to like where the 12th district is, like 65th yeah. and Woodland Green. It sounds crazy, but that shit was all white. Yes. I know motherfuckers don't be believing me. Not long I, ago. I, listen, <laughs> we used to play basketball. I'm t- Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All the niggas from my neighborhood, they called Elmwood White Boy, and the wreck was the wreck, 82nd Street yeah. behind Rock Creek. We used to play basketball up at White Boy at Elmwood. Elmwood is on 78th and fucking, I mean 77th and... In between Buist and Elmwood. Yeah. Like, it's the park right around the street from my old crib. The white boys used to pull up with hockey goals and kick niggas off the court. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. They would pull up 40, 50 deep with cases of Budweiser. They had a bitches with them, boom boxes, all that. And niggas would be playing ball, and they would dead ass come on the court, start skating around, be like, yo, wrap this shit up. <laughs> and they start playing hockey. Right. That shit was all white. Yeah. So driving through it now where it's literally like, it's not even like, African Americans, it's yeah. like just Cambodians and, <laughs> and that shit is wild. And an occasional Puerto Rican Yo, and Dominican. It's, it's like, how'd you get over here? It's crazy as shit. And I, I was coming down Woodland the other day, and I'm just like, "Yo, this shit, it's nothing like yeah, when I was I a moved, kid." I moved to, I moved from 58th and Cecil, 2116 North Cecil Street, 
literally that block doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. There's only houses on one side right. of the street. I lived around a corner from where Far and all of them and, and all of them grew up at on 58 Street. I lived on Cecil Street. Um and I moved from there in 1997. I lived there for my freshman year of high, high school, 1997. Then 1998, sophomore year, we moved to 6545 Dural Street, okay. which is between Dix and Buttes yeah, over there right by Lindbergh. And that entire area, with the exception of like a handful of Hot families was all white. You want to hear some crazy older shit? white families too. You said sixty right off sixty fifth and Dix, right? Sixty sixth and Dix. Sixty seven. It was sixty seventh or sixty eighth and Dix years ago. My dad bought the house in uh, Penrose in nineteen seventy two. I believe it was seventy two. Black lady bought a house over on sixty eighth and Dix. She was the first black person. My pop was first black on our block. Yeah, she was the first black on the block on sixty eighth and Dix. They lit crosses on her lawn. That's nuts. That shit was within our lifetimes. Like, people, like, Southwest was white. I mean, yeah. all white. On it was a, Eastwick. It was Eastwick. On the corner of my block, on the corner of a 77th, was a convenience store, Mary's. Anybody from Penrose, I was know about Mary's. Yeah. Then when you came around Elmwood, as you was going up past 75th Street, in between 75th and 74th was Dom's Deli, old white guy. Yeah. Then 74th in Elmwood, right where, what it, it's a right aid now, but it used to be an Eckerd. You know the big joint right yeah. there? Right on the corner there, that used to be the Whalens. They used to sell lottery and all the shit. They was white. Roses, the bar, yeah. they was white. All of that shit was yeah. white. It's now, like a Finnegan's or whatever. So, uh, now, uh, Old Cools is Old the... Cools. Then uh, Falones was white. Yeah. The original Falones, motherfuckers, they out the county now. They got a Falones out on Chester Pike. It's Asians. Mr. and Miss Kim that own Falones over yeah. at uh, where 7-Eleven used to be. Roses is Asian. That's Asian owns. The Whalens, they're going. He got stabbed in the neck. I know who did it. He, they robbed him, stabbed him in the neck. He sold the joint. That's Indians now. Dom's Deli's gone. Mary's is gone. They're just all. And it's crazy because I, as I ride up Elmwood, I can really remember Jake Mallon and them lived on seven, right on the corner. The big house with the deck, that was the Mallons. Yeah. Uh, Mike Brown and them lived at 7606. Like, uh, Matt O'Neill and them lived at 7504. Like, I remember because we all played ball and shit together. And I'm like, yo, the, all the white people are gone oh, completely. Yeah. And the African Americans who was there when we was like the mid 90s, because people don't like Penrose down there, that was like the suburbs considered yeah. to like the other part of like the city and shit. And I look back on it, like, everybody lived on my block, the next block over, the block over. Everybody had jobs, like, good jobs, not like the people had careers. Like, you had to have it, like, kind of halfway together yeah. to move out there. And I'm riding through that shit now, and I'm just like, it's boarded up cribs, shit missing. I'm like, what the fuck? Even, like, my old house that I lived in, um, 6545. It's like fucked up. Like I go through there every now and again, like once every two years or something like that, and just kind of peep. And it's just like the whole neighborhood is run down. It's dilapidated. Yo, like it's, the house, it's abandoned the house, cars the house we everywhere. And the front door is never closed. I'd be like, I don't know what's going on, but it, like I'm talking about 15 years. Like the house, the fr never closed. The front door is just never closed. Whenever I go past it, the front door is wide. I don't, and they, they don't have a screen. Yeah. So it's just like open. It'd be open all the time. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's like, yeah, so it's like literally going from one of the worst neighborhoods in the city at the time to a decent neighborhood where it's like you could catch the bus. Ain't nobody going to mess with you. You could, you know, be outside till 1, 2 in the morning. There's nothing Yo. going on. And it's, then it's like slowly over time to the point where when we eventually moved out and I went and got my own spot and my mom moved over to the county, it was like 
we got to get the fuck out of here, like, immediately. My my pop got pictures from when he first moved out there, but but beyond 80th Street was all Marsh. Like, that shit didn't even exist. Think about it. They didn't build Pepper till 74. So the schools weren't, like, Pepper and uh, Bartram Communications, they weren't there. Like, it was just field. And then they eventually built the schools, then the houses on Lindbergh, 80th Street, then 82nd, and then uh, Cobblestone over, like, past 84th Street. None of that shit was there. So that shit was, like, new construction. Yeah. The projects was Army Barracks. Damn. Crazy as shit, right? I never knew that. Yeah, like, the projects, them shits, they weren't projects. They were Army Barracks for, like, the military and shit. It's crazy as shit when you really think about it. And I rode through the back block the other day, like, 82nd, like, behind the plaza. Yeah. The the p- pepper and uh, barch communications, they're literally just abandoned warehouses, yeah. and I'm just like, yo, this shit looks terrible. I remember when now. I was getting ready to go to, uh, I went to Andrew Hamilton Middle School, and I was I was applying for uh, high schools and stuff, and I was like, yeah, you know, mom, if I don't get into Central or Masterman, I'm gonna go to uh, Bartram Motivation. My mother looked at me and said, you're not going to no school with Bartram in the name, yeah. like it's not happening. And that was in the '90s, and she's just like, yeah, no. And my mom is a South Philly John. My mom went to uh, Auden Reed. Okay. Oh shit. Yeah. I got rid of Reed. Exactly, and she's like, "Yeah, you ain't going to no school with uh, with with Bartram in the name." Son. Somebody That's got dead. shoved off of the bridge allegedly going over seventy six. You know, you used to be able to come out of Reed, and there was a bridge you could walk across. Yeah, somebody got shoved off of that, John. They said, "All right, put the pad. <laughs> All right, you niggas call, losing call it." Call Joe Clark. Lock <laughs> this shit up. They locked that shit up fast. <laughs> but it's just wild, like just how fast things change. And I yeah. was saying it the other day, like, damn, like Southwest is really, really different. Yeah, but no, like I was saying before, like I have a rule, like when I go to Southwest. I don't drive into the teeth of Southwest. Like I take the scenic route, so it's like I only go down like 49th Street, kind of, kind of gentrified, yeah. kind of white, and then or 58th Street, and then as soon as I get to Thomas, I go around, <laughs> I go around the Parkway, <laughs> and then I make my way back. Whatever block yeah. I gotta cross over Springfield, I go all the way down the Parkway yeah, and then across back to Springfield. That shit is rough because it's just like the people. The conditions of the neighborhood, the police activity, and it's like you're literally, and for Southwest to be so small, it's like the entire community is indicted. You, what the last time you been to 61st in Elmwood? 61st in Elmwood. You know, I saw that was where I saw that crazy shooting years ago. Of course, you it did. was on a uh, Dewey Street. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. If you go past 61st in Elmwood, guarantee you right now it's 105 on Tuesday. So by the time it shows, I'll be like three o'clock. There's a police like. A camper, <laughs> like an RV, like an RV out there. <laughs> yeah, I've seen them. Park two, two cars spot from the corner. A fucking police, they just leave it there. You know that was like the epicenter for foolishness, though. At one point, yes. right up the street where the uh, um. Me- meats for less. Yeah. Remember what that? <laughs> meats for less. Well, meats for less. All that little area used to go the fuck down right there. That was a funny little time period. I had a couple of motherfucking homies that used to live like right in that little. And every time I come up there, I'd be like, "Yo, I don't see how y'all do this twenty four seven. These little ten minutes." Been it's enough. like if, it's like it's like to the point where it's like when I was in high school, it's like, "Yo, if whatever you had to do." <laughs> Or like if like you know the trolleys and all that. So I'm coming from downtown. I'm at mm-hmm. 15th Street getting on the trolley. It's like yo, if I had to go to Woodland Avenue and the 11 wasn't coming, I'm not getting on the 36 to get w- off yeah, and then and walk, walk to Woodland. Yeah. I'm not because I'm gonna have to rumble the whole way from 61st. <laughs> Motherfuckers used to like like that shit. Nah, we can just get off and walk through. 
It'd be like, nah. It's not a good idea. <laughs> it it's not a good idea, man. Yeah. It's like you know, it's like certain things, it's like you not guessing. Like when I got off, like to go home, I got off the 36 and I got off at 66, I might have had to rumble read dollars in them. Might have. <laughs> Maybe. If, if, I you're little, if, you, if you're a little older, you got rumble read it. Right. <laughs> if I got off at 61st, I gotta rumble everybody yeah. out there from the pets to the to the thirty five year old nigga that just came home. You gotta rumble everybody on Yo. the block, man. Yo. And then eventually, after nine times episodes of that, then they would start to respect you, Yo. and then now you could come through there. Yo. But that Chinese store on the corner with that little catty corner entrance. Oh, yeah, 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 I can believe that. Be, I've never actually been in there. It'd be 40, me either, be 4,400 yeah. niggas in there. It'd be four degrees outside. You're talking like catacorner to the. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba da ba ba ba. Meets for less. Yes. Yeah. I've never, actually, I've never actually been in the right in the establishment, in but I know exactly. I've been on the G and just looking yeah. like Yo. look at these niggas. Yo. A bad joke. I did the G in training. I said, "Yo, this joke is crazy as shit. This shit go all over the planet." Yo, my 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 uh, my grand my, my grandfather. Uh, you, you worked for Scepter his whole life. He uh, he died probably like 15, 20 years ago, and he uh he used to drive the G. And I was like a little little kid. Like me and my brother Steve would ride the bus with him like all day, and it was like the coolest shit because it yeah. went from South Philly all the way up to Overbrook and all of that South shit. South Korea. That <laughs> shit. Yo, the G, G go everywhere. The, yo. G, the only bus ride longer than the G is the. See, nah. The longest joint we got now is the one, cause that go out the parks. But the holy shit, yeah, the one is long as fuck. I ended up at parks on Saturday by mistake. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> like somebody, somebody was like, "Yo, come meet me. I'm, I'm, I'm up such and such. I'm up Ben Salem. I'm like, all right. I'm thinking like uh, Franklin Mills yeah. Ben Salem. Then I got there. And they was like, no, I'm at parks. I'm like, you mother. Yeah. The only thing that saves the one is the fact that it hits the the straightaway on the uh, boulevard. Like once you get past okay. all the nonsense, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just straight. But the G, as far as like corner to corner, because you know they broke the 23 up, so that's yeah. not even as crazy as it used to be. But I did. I remember because I it was funny. I used to live behind Southern. I used to live right behind the Southern Depot, yeah. 20th and uh, 20th and Oregon. So when I first come in, it's the weirdest thing ever. When you come out of training, they give you a, a paper with all the depots on it. And they ask you, what's your number one choice through eight? Because it's eight depots. Yeah. So I'm like, number one, Southern. Number two, Elmwood. Number three, Callow Hill. Number four, 69th Street. Number five, just because I'm like, I don't want to have to go. It's like <laughs> my eighth choice was Allegheny. They was like, yeah, yeah that's out. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like on the wire when they told me, they, it was like uh, when they asked me, no, to, all right. Out of all the police dishes, where don't you want to go? He said, I can't go on the boat. Yeah, put it right Not on the a boat. problem. Right. You go right on the boat. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. So when you come out of training, you're allowed to put in a transfer the day you out of training so you can get to where you actually want to be before your seniority builds yeah. up. So maybe like a year had passed. I was at Allegheny, and after the year, I was already like in the hold downs to where it's like I knew what I was working every month. I had days off. So yeah. my, my director, he, Mike Kelly, he like, yo, your transfer came through. I'm like, what transfer? He like, the Southern. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot I put that shit in there. <laughs> I'm like, damn, all right. So the way it works is when you transfer, you got 60 days from the day you leave to where you be like, you know what? This ain't for me. I'm going back to where I want. So just so you can get, like, acclimated to the yeah. system, whatever, whatever. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I go to Southern. First day down there. 
We did the 17 in the 23. 17 comes straight up 20th Street, market, back down uh, 19th Street to South Philly. I'm like, all right, yeah, this shit is kind of great, great, great. You know, and I don't know South Philly at yeah. all, so I'm just like, this shit is kind of a little annoying. A little tight-ass block. Yeah. <laughs> Next day, we do the 23, and this was the old 23 where you go from Broaden, Oregon to Chestnut Hill, straight up 12th Street. <laughs> it's doing it long as fuck. Dog, a 12-hour straight on the 23 is three trips. That's, That's how long that just two hours up, two hours back. That's just, just the longest shit because you're going corner the thing about you going up 12th Street, the corner whole corner. city from the stadium <laughs> to like Langhorne. Pattinson. <laughs> shit is ridiculous. From Pattinson right. to fucking Horsham. So, exactly. So, I did the 17 to 23 the first day. And after the first day, I'm, I, I literally was telling my, my homie, I was like, yo. I think I'm going to fuck back up Allegheny. This shit ain't it. The next day we came in, and the next day of training, we did the G. I came back at lunch. I'm like, yo, I'm going to fuck back. I'm cool on this shit. G long as fuck. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I was at Southern for a day and a half, dog. I ain't, I ain't fucking with that. But yeah, Southwest is it's it's nothing like it was when we when I was a kid. Yeah. So it just it riding through it the other day. I'm just like, damn, the the DMV ain't there no more. You know Checkers is closed now. Yeah. Checkers took over uh, KFC. That's closed. The car wash. I remember the white guys. The white guys that own the car wash. Yeah. The beer joint. Big Top. All that shit is the just gas station right there. Dog. At, uh, Yo, at you, Island and uh, Woodland. <laughs> I tell you how funny this shit was. So. The gas station, the Sunoco, where they sell chicken now, they ain't sell no chicken back in the day. <laughs> that, they used to actually do work there, like car work, like it was mechanic yeah, So my mom used to go to the Sunoco to get her gas. That's the only place she would go to get gas. The, the I, whatever is now, Speedway. Before it was a Speedway, it was a Hess. Before it was a Hess, back in the day, it was a Merit. I don't remember the Yo, that, <laughs> crazy that shit I don't remember the, I remember the hat. Right. I'm talking like late 80s, early 90s. It was a Merit. That was what the gas station was. So it was the Sunoco and the Merit. And whenever you came there, the Sunoco would be packed. My dad, because he didn't, he's impatient, he would go to the Merit. Because yeah. I'm not, wait, I'm just whatever it's getting. So he, I swear to God, yo, my dad kept him in business for decades. <laughs> he was like the only person that went to that Merit. So I'm with, me and my sisters with my grandpa one day. We in my grandpa's car. He got to get gas. So we pull into the Sunoco. It's packed. I'm like, mind you, I'm like eight, nine. My sister's yeah. like four or five. <laughs> it's packed at the Sunoco. So I look over, I'm like, grandpa. The gas station over there got nobody over there. My grandpa was like, only your father used that cheap-ass gas. <laughs> but that's how I always remember the bear, because my pop was like the only person that went there. Only your father used that cheap-ass gas. My grandpa said that I burst out like, only your pop used that cheap-ass gas. That was a merit back in the day. But I remember all that shit. Merit sounded like a cigarette company. Yo, it was a gas station called a merit. And the fucking Fox Cleaners across the street. I don't even know if that's still open. The cleaners yeah. right on the corner. Then uh, 7-Eleven. Remember the state store? Like, you know, they got the liquor store in yeah. the plaza. Now, the liquor yeah. store was next to Falloon's. And then the uh, Philly's Famous and the Rita's and all that shit. And I'm just like, yo, this neighborhood is, like, just so different from when we was kids. You know, and I'm, I'm yeah. just, like, riding through, looking at the population and the people. And they running each other off the roof. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, Southwest Yo, I got crazy. a funny Falloon story. So this ball... Ball from up, uh, from like fifty first and Wood, from fifty first and Woodland, right? Like, I look like a little. Fifty first and Woodland, right? Like, 
versus Woodland, right? Penny versus Woodland is always funny, yeah. but that's the start of the story. The nigga from Penny versus Woodland, so he like just came home, so he like little little small, unassuming guy, like little dirty nigga, but like you fight all the shit, like he's a he's a gangster. So right. He's in the fucking Popeyes. Some niggas come in there and just walk in front of him. In the Popeyes. He in the Popeyes right there on, on Willing Avenue. Okay, okay, yeah. He's in the Popeyes on Willing Avenue. So he in there waiting on his food. Niggas said, man, fuck out of here. Oh, hey, mushy. Beat him up. All this old shit just to get some chicken. <laughs> so this nigga's a certified maniac. So he finds out. He get homework on all the niggas. Find out where they work. One of them working for loans. He coming for loans. <laughs> <laughs> he coming for loans and cutting the counter and lay on the counter and say, "Hey, uh, remember me? You and your homies beat me up at the Popeyes. I'm gonna kill you when you get off work. See you later." And walk out the door. The niggas like, "Help! <laughs> <laughs> Call the police!" And they, yo. yo, they had to call so many people yo. to stop this boy from killing this guy. And it's yo. just like, yo, that was the nonsense and the yo, mischief listen. that went on in the 90s and the early 2000s. Like, I, you could just beat up a stone cold gangster and not know it and end up with your life in danger. Listen, I got a Falone story that is better than all this shit. So, <laughs> my homies, Ross, Ryan, and Mar. Ross and Ryan are brothers. Mars, they homie. They're all smaller. Niggas, like, who do we notice like smaller? Um, cause you're actually like taller than like a small, like, uh, like Rick. No, nah, Rick's tall. Uh, and he's maybe Rick, yeah. Rick, I mean, he's comparatively average speaking. height, yeah. yeah. Um, like, uh, like Lil Maul, okay, like that build, like smaller, shorter, slim and slim, right? You know what I'm saying? They're all, all three of them are exactly okay, like they all wear like size nine and a half <laughs> shoes. Yeah. Uh, 36 waist jeans like they're smaller <laughs> individuals so me JR shout out JR rest in peace JR JR got killed me JR and Hawk we're in my car it's a normal Saturday yo let's go to Sev grab some Dutches we trying to smoke alright we riding up to 7-Eleven and shit these niggas trap I don't trap but you know in the hood you know friends right, with right, the trappers right. and shit we riding as we're coming through the light at 7-Eleven I see some, you remember like cartoons where it would be like just dusts and like X's and shit like that. You can see some commotion. A kerfuffle. Yeah, exactly. I can see something going on at Falloons. I, I just see it and I'm just like, it's Falloons. This, you know, this is what the fuck they do at Falloons. JR is in the passenger seat, hogging the back. JR, he like leans up on the dash. He like, yo, ain't that your man Rawson and rumbling? So I look and I'm like, Oh shit, that is them. So we come through the light. And as I as we get close, we realize it looked like a like a melee. Like a yeah. when we get close, we realize it's Ross, Ryan, and Mark. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's, they're rolling on like this big ass white ball, like this. So I'm just like, I want to know how this shit <laughs> started. Like, how the fuck did this begin? So we pull up, 
JR and Hawk, you know niggas in the hood, they like, you never seen the joint with a boy like, well, I want some of this. And he get like, that, that's the way niggas is. So, but give me some of this. Yeah. So we start getting out of the, of the car. Ross come running over. He in my window. He like, yo, one of y'all niggas got a burn on you. So I'm just like, you gonna pop him like in, in broad daylight out here? JR, he with the shits. He gotta he trying to pull. I'm like, cool, cool, fuck, I'll stop. So we start getting out of the car, and I'm talking about Ryan and Mar are wailing on I'm talking about swinging for the fences. So we getting out the car and we starting to come across the street on some like, we about to get into this shit. Yeah. The white boy gets off the ground and stands up, and I'm like, yo, this nigga's like 6'7. We gonna have to pop this nigga. White boy is huge. He stands up and he was like, what the fuck is up with you motherfuckers? He flips open, you know, it would always be a dumpster right yeah. there in front of Falloons. He flips open the dumpster and dives in it. I'm talking about head, like his feet were in the air like this. Like he's in the dumpster. He comes out of the dumpster with a two by four and a 40. Psh, Come the fuck on. I'm like, everybody in the car. <laughs> we start running back across the street. Six niggas trying to climb into a coupe. <laughs> yo, nobody wanted any smoke with white How boy. How you know the two by four was in there? <laughs> he flipped open the dumpster and dove in that motherfucker. He came out. It was like a short two by four on some Hexos uh, Jim Duggan shit, and he had a forty. He broke the forty and was like, "Come the fuck on!" And we got in the car and was going. We left Mar and Ryan out there. Like we, they couldn't even get in the car. We sped the fuck off, and he was out there. I come to Falloons to get a fucking steak and a beer. Da -da 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 -da. And so. We get up to where the bowling alley is, you know, the next yeah, block. Yeah, yeah, So I'm like, yo, what the fuck was y'all even rumbling right before Ryan? Like, Ross, like, man, Ryan's talking about he burnt me for $20 a couple years ago. <laughs> what? I'm about to get six people yeah. massacred <laughs> over 20 bucks. Yo, Falouz was, oof. It was always something the going on. center of nonsense. I yo. forgot about that damn bowling alley over there. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what it's called now. And that is that 7-Eleven still a 7-Eleven? No, it's like a fucking everything. It's like a poppy oh, store. Oh, yeah, you can, I could get a hookah. You can hookah. Get a hookah. <laughs> I went in there one day to get some gum just on some, like, passing by shit. In fact, no, I had to go meet uh, Lee Stepmom because she worked at Elmwood. I had to go meet her. Yeah. And I walked in. I'm letting me go in here because I wanted some gum. I walked in. I'm, as I opened the door, I'm like... What the fuck? Yo, they selling platters. <laughs> they selling hookah. I'm like, yo, this is this is not what the fuck we grew Sex up. Sex pills, all that yeah, shit. Yeah, that shit is way, way different, man. Good times. We could talk about Southwest for oh, hours. Okay. That's funny as shit. Southwest is the epicenter of nonsense. Yeah. Especially that little area right now. It's, it's like I said, it's, it's nothing like, even when you go up into like Darby, all of that was white. Yeah. Kyle Wynn was all white. It, it just, shit is just... It's amazing watching that happen right in yeah. front of you. It's crazy as all hell. But, yeah, what we started all of this with you saying you don't want to come outside. Yeah. So uh, let's get back to that. So, basically, I was out all weekend. Um, all weekend. And at some point over the course of the weekend with me being out, I had like a like a proverbial like come to Jesus moment. Like where an epiphany. I'm, like an epiphany where I'm like I'm in the club. There's a bottle in my hand. I'm with people that I hate. I'm staring around <laughs> looking at more people that I hate even more. And I'm just like, why the fuck am I here? Mm -hmm. And 
I don't know if it's like the fact that my birthday is coming up and you know like the whole like mortality shit and you know somebody that um two one person that I knew very well for like 20 years and then another guy that I sort of knew a little knew of got killed last week and I'm just kind of like why am I out here with these people being a part of this nonsense and for me it was just kind of like the revelation of something that I knew already mm -hmm. everybody's fronting everybody's not doing as good as they pretending to be doing everybody's borrowing people's jewelry <laughs> it's 40 niggas to the left of me and they got four bottles and three girls with them it's just like why am I being a part of this minstrel show and then I had to think to myself I'm part of the problem I've helped to create the scene the little bit of life support of nightlife that the Philly nightlife that still has is doing part a lot of it to me. Like I've created a mechanism to where I drive people outside and then like there's these after hours and shit popping up and I'm not going to shout them out because fuck them. Um, <laughs> but there's these after hours and shit that are popping up and a lot of their business is driven off of the fact that I'm able to drive the initial traffic yeah. to get people outside. Commerce is a domino effect. And then it's like, what's next? Yeah. So it's just like... Where we at with it? Exactly. That, Once that, you that get mentality. people outside, high and drunk, it's like, stay outside till tomorrow. Somebody like, the other day was like, when you drunk, you don't give a fuck what happens. $100 for eight wings? Nigga, give me 16 of them. It's whatever. And it's like, it's like, let the good times roll. And on Thursday in particular, I was out at this after hour. And I'm in there, and I told my young boy, my promotion partner, I'm not giving these motherfuckers any more money. Because I've been in there, like, six times in the last two weeks. And I'm like, bro, I'm not giving these motherfuckers no more money. Me, me and Feet went into an after hour years ago, a few years ago. It was the last one I've been in. Up north? Germantown. <laughs> yeah, we, we went into that, John. And, I, like, we got in there. And, like, surveyed what was going on and the bitches that was dancing and what, like, and I just looked at him and I'm like, we some real dickheads. Yeah, we got too much to live for to be in this motherfucker. This shit could end, like, I'm, I'm looking at the boots. You know what I'm saying? Like just the, <laughs> just, just all the boots. Rewind like, real quick. I was in a in a dirty Germantown after hour about three months ago with my homie. Now keep in mind, Stone Cold Killer. Was locked up for five homicides, did 20 years straight, and he's still he's still young. Mm -hmm. He's still relatively young. So he did this when he was a teenager. Okay. So I'm in there with him, and I'm like, it got that domino tile on the floor. Yeah. Got the booths that look like fucking uh, a Ruby Tuesdays. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, Bob's Big Boys booth. Bob, Bob. <laughs> Red, yeah. shiny. Yeah. Uh, shiny vinyl. <laughs> I'm like, yo. And on Roy Rogers vinyl. <laughs> it was about 31 women and 17 local nice town niggas in there. And then I looked up five and, and everybody had like maybe it was might have been four drinks collectively between 50 people. Yeah. And I looked up and I looked up five minutes later. My bro say, bro, we getting some bottles. The bottles was $60. So that was yeah. the first thing that yeah. scared me. So. He's like, bro, we getting some bottles. And then I went to the bathroom and came back. 
and 29 of the 31 chicks in there was all in the booth with him, and seven of them was climbing on top of him, and I was like, yeah, I need to get the yeah. fuck out of here. He like, bro, you ain't having a good time? Nigga, no, no I'm afraid. <laughs> you just single-handedly with one $60 yeah. bottle of Hennessy flipped yeah. the whole dynamic in here to where now all 17 of the niggas is looking at us. Right. <laughs> right. What's up with these niggas? Why would they ever come in here and buy a bottle? I'm going to kill all these motherfuckers. <laughs> Fuckers when they get outside. And you can feel the tension in the room. So now Damn. I gotta turn into a security guard. Keep in mind, this nigga is 6'6, 245 pounds, built like Deontay Wilder. Now I gotta play security because he's like this with the bottle turned yeah. up to his head acting like Hugh Hefner. Right. And I'm like, yeah, we got to get the fuck out of here. And every, were you ready to go, bro? Five minutes. Five minutes turns into 50 more minutes. And I just eventually just got up and left. He called me all panicking. Where you go? You all right? Yeah, nigga, I, I just had enough. I had to tap out. Like, yeah. I can't do this shit. So rewind back to this past weekend. Yo, we, I'm not spending no more money in this place. I, I spent like $1,500 in here the last two weekends. I'm not doing it. I'm the only one in here spending money. I come in here. There's no bottles. Everybody smoking hookah, drinking port liquor. I'm not buying no bottles in here, dog. This is not even that type of journal. All right, all right, cool. Five minutes later, yo, give me a bean. I'm about to get some bottles. <laughs> Nigga. This is why I didn't want to come in here because I just fucking told you I'm not like I'm not doing this tonight. Like I don't want to participate in this. So then fast forward a few nights later, and it's like, bruh, looking around, I'm like, I hate everybody in here. Like everybody's completely full of shit. And then I had to realize that, you know, I play a part in it, but overall. We've just gotten to a point where, like, as a culture, and I can't even just blame Philly because I know it's other places around the country where the shit is going on, too, where it's like everybody's just completely full of shit. Yeah, and 100%. I told you and Ra, I no longer have the ability to be around people and situations that are completely full of shit and bite my tongue about it. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, no, nah, he's, he's frauding. His jury's fake. She got a fake Chanel bag. Those are her girlfriend's shoes. And it's just like, I shouldn't care. But the fact that everybody's like, it's like the big pimping video mm -hmm. every time I go outside. And it's almost, and it's like the, the just throwing it in your face. And everybody's trying to make it seem like they're doing something that the next person's not doing. And they're not really doing shit. And if their car broke down tomorrow and they had to put up $1,500, they couldn't do it. And it's just like, yo, it's just so much Flodging and just bullshit that's going on, and I get it. The club is is for that to a certain extent, but it's just like everybody's pretending, I mean, and I don't want to be a part of that shit no more, yo. I, I feel like it's because I can't pinpoint, like I can't be like, oh, it's Al Gore's fault, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because he created it. Like I can't do that. You and know it's a mean? multitude of factors right. that go into it. I'll say this. We definitely have reached a point where I feel like people are afraid to be themselves. Completely. Or not not even afraid to be themselves. No, afraid I, to be I, themselves. Maybe that is it. But what it people they don't want to do or say they like or say they're into or say they feel or say they don't want to evoke any emotion unless that emotion is regulated by the few 
taste people they consider yeah. to be tastemakers and validated. Right. So you got your people will go on Twitter and they'll almost wait to see what you say or what I say. And I'm not I'm just using yeah, this proverbially, yeah, yeah, yeah. but just wait to see what Carl say. Wait to see what Mitch said. Just wait to see what somebody say and then basically piggyback off of that. Uh, emotion or that opinion right. and people literally just be afraid to be like nah this is what I like yeah. this is what I'm on because if it don't them, I saw them yesterday they was talking about um, Cheesecake Factory not being elite and if you like Cheesecake Factory that show where you at in life and I, I to myself was like I know I'm doing better than probably 90% of my timeline. And I ain't talking about buying bottles, throwing money in there. Right. I'm talking about I'm never going to be homeless. Right. Like, that's not— Never going to be homeless. Debt management, like, asset like acquisition. That, like, that, like, I'm talking about, like, like my the, the bag of dog food that my dog is eating from right now. There are two more in the fucking... Like, I'm talking about... There's like, a reserve of this. I'm talking about like that. <laughs> yeah. And it's crazy because people who have a Chanel bag and have Gucci this and Goyard this and all this other shit... I, people, I, I say it all the time. Like, I, when friends come to my house, this is how I know motherfuckers don't be living like a certain way. They come to your house and say shit like, "Damn, you got a lot of toilet paper." And it'd be like, "Nigga, <laughs> it's, it's thirty six rolls in a pack when you buy it from yourself." But the, you ever hear people say, "Just say, you come to your house, yo, you got something to drink?" Yes, nigga, this is a house. Right. What would you like? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? You got more than one thing in there. <laughs> what? Like, what the fuck is going on but around this joint? But, but you go in motherfuckers' cribs and they freaking refrigerators don't have anything in it or they don't have a refrigerator or that <laughs> you know I mean? but that's what i'm saying i'm like or they got I, the little college refrigerator like i know for a fact i'm doing better than probably 90 percent of my timeline and i fucking love cheesecake factory <laughs> but that but that again that's what I, I literally said i'm like wait so you can't eat cheesecake factory now y'all are ridiculous and it's that's kind of what it is it's like if the few people they look at as for their their motivation inspiration whatever yeah. don't say it or say they against it yeah fuck yeah. that yeah and like, that's kind of where we've gotten in just like everything like if you if you don't go into the nightclub and throw money like the asians or like them or that, yeah. then you not like on that level or you and it'd be like bro i know people who literally have like million dollar condos that never go in that club yeah but again this goes back to what we always talk about where people think the world that they're in is the only world that, that exists. exists exactly and that and that takes me to my next point which is I, my Truman Showboat has hit the cement. Yeah. And it's now at a point where I have to go and find new experiences, new people, new uh, inter create new interactions because I'm limiting myself in terms of the people that I speak to the most and that I interact with the most are usually the lowest common denominator of right. person. And that's not a, a, the cast of Spurges on like their character and shit like that, but it's just like, it is what it is. Like people attain a certain level of whatever it is and then they just stop. Mm -hmm. And that's just as good as it's going to get from them. And their conversation reflects that. Meanwhile, I'm talking to my business mentor over the weekend and our conversation ranges from our friend that got killed to, Oh yeah, I'm finishing up these uh, eight units on in Francisville on Ridge Avenue, and I had to stop my Maniunk project because I'm doing too much stonework, and the, you can only drill x amount of decibels per da da da. So I'm gonna table that and get to this, and then once this sold, then I'm gonna go back to that, and I just bought a gas station, and and I'm just like I'm tripping because he ain't no smarter than me. 
he's smart as a whip, but he ain't no smarter than me. And he did 12 years straight in jail and came home with a plan and nobody gave him nothing. And in four years, I've seen him go from having literally one fucking duplex in Germantown to having like 37 properties. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's all through him and educating himself and taking his work money from working at the convention center and reinvesting in himself and doing this and doing that. And, Oh, did this come through and I sell this property? Then I flip this. And then he got a, a, a John, um, a, a mixed use property and he was able to take that equity. And then he'd been running from, you know what I'm yeah, saying? I mean, so I, just like, I'm around the people that are making real moves, but I ain't talking to them every day. I'm talking to the dumb motherfuckers. And, and every that's, day. that's honestly how I be feeling at like work. Like when I talk to you or talk to Jules, our conversations, like you said, it ranges to where, yeah, we discuss the nonsense that's going on and the hoes and this, that, and the third. But at the same time, it's like, no, I'm trying to put this together. I'm trying to do this. Yo, right. next year we should be do 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 Like, you know, me and Jules got the whole thing with the course side. Like, we just got all kinds of little shit we talk about. Right. You, me, Ra. All of me and Ra had like a fucking hour-long combo the other day where we talked about the podcast. Ra ain't even on the podcast. Right. But, but just throwing out ideas, throwing out, and that that's kind of how it works. It's just, you know, you get off into like idea shooting and just this, that, and the third. Yeah. But then I go to my job and it's like, niggas don't know that Dubai not in Africa. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like, it, it's just, it's almost like depressing because you talk to certain people that are at certain places. Like you said, this is as good as it's going to get. You know what I'm saying? I literally, one of the drivers at my job, they call him like super driver because he's like all about this, this bus shit. Like yeah. he just, and so I'm talking to him one day and I'm like, so you really like this shit, huh? You know what I'm saying? So he, you really like this shit? Because he, he like into like he got multiple patches on his shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like he oh, he's them, super like He one of them niggas. Yeah. And like just like talking to him one day, and he just was like, "Yeah, man, you know, like you know, it's a dream come true, man. Like I, I wanted to drive a bus ever since I was like four. And I'm like, that's some real lower expectation shit. And everybody <laughs> burst the fuck out laughing. I'm just like, nigga, when I was four, I was trying to join Captain Planet and save the fuck. Right, and I'm Earth. trying to do some big like, shit. Damn, you have no imagination. You, you know, go get a job. To like if bus. this shit ain't working, are you gonna drive a fire truck? Like what was what was playing me? But some people, like, I was talking to my man Johnny yesterday, and it's like, though, I see people. People like come in, they get the job, and they get a year in. When it's their year anniversary, they go on, on Facebook or they go on uh, Instagram. They post a picture, be like, um, "One year down, twenty nine to go." And I'd be like, "Bro, that sounds like jail." Yeah, like that sounds like prison. That's like you bitten. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Mm. And I'm like, I get, don't get it fucked up. You 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 use your whatever you're doing to fund your shit. But I'm like. I'm literally out when I'm comfortable enough to be out. Like I'm not even looking 29. Yeah. What? But that's really that's that's like the uh Stockholm syndrome, like almost like that, where it's just like, oh, yeah. they gave me a job, so I'm you know grateful. And it's like, no, dog, like understand that you can you can change the world tomorrow. Real shit. They told Steve Jobs get the fuck out of here. Steve Jobs like, no, nigga, the iPod, <laughs> nigga. I'm telling you, <laughs> like they like, no, we cool. And it's like, dog, you could really change the world tomorrow and it's crazy speaking of like steve jobs like you got certain people steve jobs elon musk robert smith um like certain people that have done things or instituted things that have literally changed the world amazon jeff bezos from amazon changed the world and made our lives easier changed the way that we think right. multiple times over right and then you have some people that like can't see past like I'm gonna just sell this motherfucking hair in this mid, and then that's just gonna be what it is. You know what's funny? It's interesting. I was looking at that um, 
I don't know if you saw my story, but I I wanted that magazine that the hundred most uh hundred people that changed the world. Time magazine yeah. did it, and somebody left it in the gym in the locker room. When I came in the gym, I was like, man, because that shit's like it's like seventeen dollars. I'm like, that's a joint I seen in Rite Aid. It was like seventeen dollars. I'm like, damn, that's crazy. And I went to work out, and I did like a two and a half hour work. I came back, it was still there. I'm like, oh, somebody, yeah, see, I, I took, <laughs> so I took it, and I'm like reading like they got a whole section on basically like the biblical people. People, Jesus, Moses, Abraham. Then they got a section on like the uh, political leaders, Barack Obama, um, Putin, you know, all these different people. Yeah. Then they got like that sports athletes, Muhammad Ali, of course, Jordan, all that. And then they got um, a section on fashion and retail. And it, it, um, I can't think of his first name, but basically Sears. I don't know if his first name is Jim or Jonathan Sears, yeah, yeah, yeah. but basically Sears and Roebuck, the guy. And I was I read his story at how when he started Sears, he basically had a store and he realized like, yo, if I could to get my product out to more people and get them to see it. I would be able to sell more and more and more. And he basically created what became the Sears catalog. Right. And the Sears catalog basically like took over earth because they said it started out as like a pamphlet and yeah. it grew and grew and grew to the point where it was like the yellow pages right. and you could get anything out of there. And they're saying when he started, he literally had a store and a pamphlet and eventually he became the largest retailer in the world. And there, they said at one point there was a Sears connected to every major mall in the country. That's crazy. And I'm like, like that, yeah, but think about when we were growing up. There was a Sears at Green and Run, a Sears at Franklin Mills, a Sears here, a Sears, a Sears on 69th Street. That's how <laughs> Sears was every fucking where, and it it, it it was a dope read because it basically shows how these all these hundred people, Steve Jobs in there, yeah. how they changed the world from like their perspective and shit like that. And it's like he said that when he started out doing it, he asked his. I think it was his father for a loan to like basically help expand, and his father like was like, "Nah, that shit's not gonna work." <laughs> And he became the largest retailer, yeah. like, ever. You know what like I mean? Like, fucking, uh, uh, oh, God, what's the guy's name? Uh, Jimmy V. Uh, okay. He was talking about, uh, you know, the fact that one of his friends is the principal owner of Uber. Okay. And he came to him three different times for investments, and he was like, no, nah, that shit's not going to work. Then the second time, when it was getting bigger, he like... I really don't believe in it. Then the third time, he's like, yo, just give me the fuck, like, just give me the fucking money. He's like, and I just didn't give him the money. And he's like, yo, he's like, he's like, he asked me for $40,000 in the last round of investments. And that shit would be worth, this was two years ago. He's like, that shit would be worth like $27 million today. Like $27 million today. And I just, you know, he's like, just because of the fact that like, he's my friend, I should have gave him the money. Right. No questions asked. Let alone what I think and this and that and doing my due diligence. And he's like, Sometimes you just don't know what you don't know, and you just gotta leap out on faith. He's right. like, it was no reason for me not to give him the money. He's like, I'm worth thirty million at the time. Like, I got forty thousand dollars. Just give him the fucking money. Like, he's like, for whatever reason, there was a mental block there. I just didn't understand it. I, I just know what I know about taxi cabs. To me, this is gonna, the bubble's gonna burst on this and this and that, and it's only getting bigger to the point where now. They're a, Uber is a full-scale logistics company, and they're doing freight and transportation mm -hmm. and f food delivery. Duh, I read, I read a John where the, the, to drive Uber in New York, I think it is, you got to pay like a taxi tax. Where, like, for the medallion. Right, where it's like because the taxi drivers was getting hit so hard. like by not yet, that shit, They were showing uh, taxi drivers like losing their cribs and all this crazy shit. And I was like, damn, yeah, like that Uber shit really did like fuck the game up. It flipped it. And the crazy thing about it is, right? 
you brought up Steve Jobs with the iPod and um, like think about Steve Jobs in terms of like just streaming in general and where it eventually went. He's the precursor to streaming because right. he digitized. Music. He found a legal way to digitize the music. Whereas when, Napster uh, and all yeah, of them were pirated uh, and shit. Sean, what was the name? Sean uh, Parker. Yeah. yeah. So he found a legal way to digitize the music and he went to all the labels and was like, listen, yeah. I got this new product, the iPod. Put all your fucking music on here. Motherfucker have 64, 32 gigabytes of music. They had a whole content library right here on this right. shit. Eventually, I'm going to put it in phones. I'm going to put it on computers. I'm going to do this whole shit. You know what they told him? Get, get your dumb ass. Get out. the fuck out of here. You still on that and shit, take Steve? take little white box yeah. with you. you got, there's some cocaine in that and white it's box, motherfucker. And it's crazy when you look at it like, you know, you look at Drake and and, and uh. Who's another monster? Uzi or um, NBA Youngboy? Like th these motherfuckers should send thank you cards to Steve Jobs family every. every I, I'm every talking about like every quarter, <laughs> like real, like like because every week that Youngboy is the number one streaming artist, he should be like thank you Jobs family because love Youngboy. There was a period there where artists were like. You know, the, the bubble had burst on the late 90s, early 2000, yeah. where everybody was just making crazy money because they were selling crazy albums. That little weird, because we always talk about how it's not on the Internet, that little weird 04 to 07 era that's just, just like... erased. It yeah, doesn't exist digitally. It, and it's crazy as fuck because now you got dudes where... You remember the old Forbes hip hop list? It would be like dudes when they're making 13. These are the top 10. We're making 13, 18. The biggest motherfucker out would be making like 35, 40. This motherfucker's on that list now making 90 that's not in the top three. Exactly. Think about how crazy that is. Drake had a 90 million year and wasn't in the top three. Hove made 96. Yeezy made a buck 50. Like, <laughs> this shit is crazy. Dr. Dre has like another. And this is this is how the whole hip hop billionaire shit gets skewed for me. Just you know, being cursed with knowledge. I talked about it on this. The, the, one of the most interesting stories in the history of hip hop is the Beats by Dre story. If y'all the way the whole time, sale went down, yeah. go and Beats by Dre history monster and all that shit. The story is right online. I think Complex did a feature on it, and it's literally probably like nine pages. It's the most interesting shit you'll ever read in your life, and it basically shows you how smart Jimmy Iovine is. Number mm -hmm. one, and then number two. The way in which, how cutthroat business is. Yeah. But the end. But in the end, Dre and Jimmy got cashed out. They made all their friends rich because they once they bought the company back from HTC, they went to LeBron and Ludacris and all mm -hmm. these motherfuckers that they I like. I think Tyrese weird ass even got a <laughs> piece like, of it. was like, yo, give me such and such because we bought the we got a play in place. We mm -hmm. about to sell this motherfucker and cash out and went to all of their friends Lamar was and on got it, like, like 150 bands from each of them and then went and sold the company to Apple for three billion. They got jobs. They got they got a certain amount of cash. But what smart people do is they stock. defer their money mm -hmm. and they either do stock or they put it in a trust right. to where you can't touch that money. Like there was a. Uh, a whole thing about a story about vitamin water and how the the way the company is set up by Coca-Cola um, once they redid it. And it was like it was set up in like some anodized trust to where it's like up to a certain billion dollar amount. It wasn't taxable. So when fit when the when Coca-Cola bought the shit, 50s money was like he got a certain amount of cash, but then the rest fell under the trust that would come later and it would be like tax free or right. some shit like that. So it's like the same, same thing. Same reason AI has got the 30 mil looming from Reebok. Exactly. So it's like Dre is the first hip hop billionaire because he sold his company for three billion. He was already worth 
800 million yeah, at right. the time. He got another billion for the sale, but he's about to get 450 in stock. Right. Like any day now. So it's not even it's not even a conversation about who the first hip hop billionaire. It was it was and always will be Dr. Dre. Yeah. But because, you know, Jay shit is more liquid right and right there in your face. Complex and all these people did all these stories about it, but no, it been Dre yeah. since when did they sell that company? 13, 14? I was gonna say 15, 14 or 15 years. <laughs> so something so like it was that. like it for five years ago, it was yeah. Dre, you know what I'm saying? And he still has a double digit million dollar a year position right. with Apple to this day. So <clears throat> it's like you look at certain people that you know have been game changers, and it's like they always find a way to change the, right. to, to change the game. Like Dre walked away from a fifty million dollar company with nothing, walked away from a five hundred million dollar company with nothing, and now Easy E's dead. No disrespect. Suge Knight's doing fucking twenty seven years in jail, and Dre is a fucking about to be a multi billionaire. Right. You get what I'm saying? So it's like some people are just so innovative and so smart. That they're surrounded by people that just don't fucking get it. Yeah. And you got to get into an environment that can foster your creativity and enhance your talent. And I think that's where I am now, where it's like I'm literally like a barracuda in a goldfish tank. Yeah. And what as good as I am, and as far as like promotion and nightlife and concerts and all that shit go, if I was in... Pick a market, D.C., South Somebody, Florida, uh, L.A., uh, Houston. I would uh, be rich uh, as fuck. A young lady hit me the other day. Shout out to her. She was from uh, D.C., and she said she loves the show, whatever, whatever. Our D.C. And, following is getting up there. Yeah, she she was talking to me about, like, just the show, and she was just like, she's from Philly, you know, lives in D.C., or whatever, whatever. And she was saying how her girlfriend actually put her on to the show that's from D.C. And she's like, listen, and y'all make me feel like I'm back home, just the, the way y'all talk, the way y'all go at it, whatever, whatever. And we just having a conversation in the DM. And she was like, have y'all ever thought about, like, moving? And I was like, yeah, daily. Yeah. <laughs> daily. Hourly. <laughs> daily. And she was like, no, I'm serious. Because she was like, she's just saying, like, for her, she felt like the second she left Philly, she just felt. It's almost like you can feel the opportunities just, like, Find coming you. to you. And, and yeah. just everything. She was like, literally the, down there where she's at, if somebody says they're having, like, a brunch because she was saying how we were going back and forth about the the first show the ticket yeah 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 she's like if somebody down here has a brunch or a party it's sold out immediately yeah, people just come like it just it don't even matter she was like literally I watch like local podcasts do live things outside so everyone's there and she was just like I don't know what that is about up north where it's like everybody's because I, I was like what's crazy is though it don't even seem like it's like that in New York no it, New Yorkers go to anything anything New Yorkers went to Tone Trump and friends at BB <laughs> King's and Tone Trump is my brother shout out Trump but holy shit I seen him in like, the, uh, when I was in the scumbag fake 7-Eleven yeah. he was, Tone he was Trump, in there Tone Trump that's my that's my that's my Muslim brother my Aki brother Tone Trump was just on Flip the Script podcast, and he was basically saying part of the reason why everybody hated me back in the day is because I was brash, I was cocky, and I wasn't as good of a rapper as I thought I was. And I'm like, yes, he finally admitted it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's one of them things where it's like his work ethic and his hustle was able to navigate him through and just get certain shit done. But some back to my point. New Yorkers went to Tone Trump and friends. New Yorkers went to fucking Chill Moody and friends. Like, New Yorkers go to anything because they'd give you a shot. 
Now, if you suck, they'll be like, nigga, fuck you. We never want to see you again. But they will give you a shot to prove if you got it or not. Philly motherfucker don't even care. Philly motherfucker don't care until you already made it. And then like, yo, I always knew you could do it. You literally didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. You literally did not right. know I could do it. And you didn't do shit to help me along the like, journey. Literally, here you are. When, when a man, shout out Amanda. She's the one who runs Punchline. When Amanda told us after the show, yeah, y'all had two walk-ups at 9.52. I'm like, oh, Philly crazy. Oh, the show started at eight. It was done at ten. She's like, well, like, she's like, well, y'all were scheduled to be done at ten. Yeah. But she was like, y'all really? It was two people who walked up at nine fifty two. Oh yeah, we have a podcast. And he's like, she's like, bro, the, the show is over in eight <laughs> minutes. She's like, yeah, you might as well let us in that jump. <laughs> Like, she's what? like, that's not happening. Like, no. And I'm just like, yo, Philly is crazy as shit. So me and her were talking about it, and I'm just like, it made me think, what if we were in Houston or Miami or D.C. Yeah. or Charlotte? You know, and, and, and it's just, it, is it the same? Is it different? I don't know. You know, we can speculate. No, it's different. But, I mean, you know, I'm not there. So, I, you know what I'm saying? It's different because here's the thing. I talk to people, and I'm sure you do too, that are all around the country in different places. Yeah, I mean, like, she was telling me this, so I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like I have friends that, like, my 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 close homie, my bro Javi, is controls South Beach. Like, he's not from there. He's from fucking New York. Moved to DC. Ran the whole fucking party scene in D.C., outgrew that shit, went to South Beach, and now he books probably 80% of the talent that comes through South Beach. And he, this is how big he is. This nigga just put Kevin Hart with Grant Cardone. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. This nigga just put Kevin Hart with Grant Cardone as a keynote speaker for his uh, 10X fucking conference. Yeah. That's crazy. This right. is my my friend, like my brother. Yo, come to Columbia with me. Yo, it's, it's my birthday. Get your ass down to Miami. This is my bro. Like, this nigga put... Kevin Hart and the Hard Rock together for for the times that Kevin Hart did fucking uh rehab. Like he's a power broker now. Right. He booked Tory Tory Lanes in Hawaii and LA and like all of this shit. This is a fucking Colombian kid from fucking yeah. the, from the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? Was running around with Frenchie and all of them and outgrew that shit. Went to DC, went to South Florida, and now he's a power broker. You know what I'm saying? So it can happen. Like, right. I'm, I'm seeing this shit. Like, right. it's in my network. So it's like, yo, I got to stop holding my motherfucking self back because it's like, there's a glass ceiling in a lot of markets. But in Philly, you can see the motherfucker and you can feel it. Right. Like, if you got a successful show, it's only but so far. Like, Gillian Wallow deal didn't come from a Philly media company. Right. It came from a Boston media company. It came from Barstool Sports. Right. And... They're looking for, you know, to expand their reach because they've hit a certain ceiling with it's only but so much traffic we're going to get covering Tom Brady, the Patriots, the Celtics and the Boston Red Sox. We got to diversify our portfolio and start doing different shit. So now you see them doing content deals with Roan, who's a battle rapper from the Philly area. Right. You see them doing the content deal with Gillian Wallow for a million dollars a game and shit like that. They have to expand their reach because they've hit the ceiling. But their ceiling is they're probably like a 50 million dollar company. Right. You know, I'm saying, whereas it's like I don't know too many. The last fifty million dollar company in Philly was fucking Omi, and you see what happened to him. Was who? Omi and the Hellcat. Oh, yeah. You see what the fuck happened to him? That shit was basically a Ponzi scheme. Right. So it's like it's just it's just certain shit. You just like you just can't get around when it comes here because. It's it's really only like two kinds of people here. It's like the blue collar working people, and then it's the street motherfuckers. And then there's a little bit of overlap that is like 
blue collar working motherfucker doing some street shit and and vice versa. But there are very few Kevin Hart and Juniors. There's very few. There's no like uh uh what was the guy named that used to be vice president of rock Kenny Burns and like yeah. shit like motherfuckers like that that are like impresarios that do everything. Like motherfuckers that are like mavens and the market can bear that this person's supposed to be making five hundred K a year and they making that shit. Right. Like and it, it, it's just not here. Like and it's just like we kind of did it to ourselves in certain regards because we celebrate bullshit. And that right. was part of the points that we were making the other day. Like we love motherfuckers will get dressed up to the nines. A woman that like say she work at uh she a pharmacologist or some shit like that. She make decent money, whatever, whatever. She'll get dressed up to the nines and go to a corner bar right. on her birthday. Well all the her bars have taken over. Have taken the fuck they have over. Taken over. And it's like growing up, you don't, you're not even a going out nigga, but you wanna understand exactly what I'm saying. Especially for being from Southwest. Going downtown was everything. It was everything. To us. I remember like being able to go to New York or AC was like, like holy shit. shit! It was like nigga. a pilgrimage. You better like, get back before twelve midnight, <laughs> nigga, for you <laughs> turn into a pumpkin. Like it was, yeah. it was everything. So yeah. it's like all of our, all of my young teenage memories and all of that shit are tied to going downtown and being with my older cousins and being with Philly's Most Wanted and going to center lanes bowling parties when Giovanni and all of them niggas was home. And I, remember, I remember we would, when we would go out, it's funny because like the Walnut Street story that I'm saving for the live show, the, that night started with us going to Happy Hour and McCormick and Schmitz with all the lawyers and shit for Happy Hour. And it's like, that was the shit we would be on. Like, we wasn't trying to go to Rosie's or trying to go to the no. Happy Inn. Like, man, I'm not, we out. I remember going downtown for Happy Hour for Alpha and, my, and I'd yeah. go in there randomly and my dad be in I there. I remember when like, Rye used to be in the Walnut Room. We used to go down there to exactly. that shit. Like, yeah, Alpha was downstairs from the Walnut. Yeah. It was like my I go on Alpha and grab some little some little appetizers and get some drinks and that should be packed to the wall on a yeah. Friday night or a Thursday night and I bump into my pop in there and he in there doing whatever the fuck he doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then across the street you got Whisper and then yeah. around the corner you got G and then fucking Old City you got Mint and Dreams and Cebu and all of that I, shit. I remember the night me and Zach went downtown. We was on like second and market and we ran into Ross, Kyle and Martin. They seen us was like, oh shit. Like, it was like, oh, Oh shit, my folks down here. Right. And then it turned into us. Then we seen Big Mike and Bruise on. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> right. We was 15 deep before we knew it. Just going into random fucking spots. And it's like, yeah, going downtown was like the thing. It was the thing. Yeah. And it's just like, we, like we might have just like we we would like you you remember Tamika's. We would pass through Tamika's and shit. That was like a pregame spot, but that wasn't your end destination. I seen a nigga get an AR snatched out his hand in front of Tamika. That's when I was like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Never like, going to hear again. Done. Like they was arguing and like a, a joint came out. I was like, what the fuck you doing with that? Give me that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know what? You're right. I was tripping. I'm yeah, sorry. About it. Can I have my gun back? That's the last time I've been out there. And what, what, it was funny because, like, you know, again, like you said, not talking shit, but like, niggas from my hood who I knew were like kind of lower level in just mentality. They loved that fucking place. They yeah. like still go. I don't even know if it's still open, no, but they, it's were, not. It's they were still going to that junk. Yeah. Like, I seen a nigga from my hood, uh, I'm going to say three months ago. I was at the fucking uh, the bank over there at uh, the plaza, the Citizens yeah. Bank. When I go to my credit union, this is how ridiculous my my other credit union is. I don't have a debit card for it, so like when I like I, it makes me save money because I like don't yeah. go there. And when you actually take money out of there, they don't even keep cash on deck. They got to give you a check. 
So it's a citizen's <laughs> check. So you gotta go to citizen. So it's like the whole process makes you just not spend yeah, money yeah. and shit. But anyway, I took some money out of the joint. So I had to go to a citizen's bank to cash it. So I went there and I saw him. He was like, Yo, what's up with you, boy? Damn, you look good. Then I'm like, What's up with you? He like, Man, I'm tired of shit. We was up in a hat last night. And I'm like, The hat? I'm like, Yo, dude, go to that fucking place. Like, Jesus Christ, man. That's what niggas used to call out my way, too. The, the hat. Like it's some fly shit. <laughs> You at the Happy Inn on fucking Main Street. I don't know what, you know, how, many, how many times have you been in there? Once. I've been in there once. Once. And they had, you talk about old, they had the real Roy Rogers seats <laughs> that connected to the wall and spun. <laughs> I went in there one time with, with Ross and Ryan. We stumbled into there and... Ross looked over at me and was like, you all right? And I'm like, I ain't happy. <laughs> What's I ain't happy. I'm like, I ain't happy in this Let me ask you one thing. Is you happy? Yo, I was like, I ain't happy in this joke. But yeah, we definitely have gotten to the point where we celebrate too much bullshit. And too and much mediocrity. Like, I, I was, I was going to say, like, you go to the average young Philly person, right? Between the ages, let's say just like the end of the millennials, right? When the millennials are 40 to 20. I believe so, yeah. So let's just go get somebody that's 22, like a 22-year-old man and a 22-year-old woman. Sit them down and ask them what they aspire to be. I guarantee you. It's like if you talk what, – what's the, the people who work for the cops that be, like, drawing the sketches? Like a uh, <laughs> like a, like a sketch artist? Like yeah. if you tell them what they – like he finished with, like, a picture of Meek in Milano. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's what it is because that's as far as they can think or as far as they can see. Yeah. Like I saw – I think it might have been you the other day was like if your son tell you he want to be a be rapper, rapper slap the, the shit out of him and go put him in a coating class. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's what like, the fuck? Literally, but people got to understand and, and I got into a back and forth debate with somebody and it was a good it was a good healthy debate but it was basically like what y'all not understanding is that just because somebody's interested in something or that's quote-unquote their dream you gotta really unpack that shit and and really understand is this really your dream or is you keep seeing this shit and you in love with the lifestyle and you want the lifestyle that right. comes with this so you like i'm gonna just take this same path or are you actually passionate about it because being a rapper only or being a ball player only got a one to three percent success rate. I was gonna say it might be lower than that if you lucky. Like you, you yeah, playing ball on that scale because you look at like the NBA. Yeah, people don't realize this. These are the four hundred and fifty best players on the planet. There's a statement that was made that was every player that's supposed to be in the NBA is in the NBA. It, no, no, <laughs> just look at it like this. Derrick Jones Jr., who just won the NBA dunk contest, right? He's been in and out of the NBA. He's been back and forth from the developmental league to the NBA to playing overseas. He hasn't found a solid spot in the NBA yet. That nigga won player of the state of Pennsylvania. You know he's from Chester. Yeah. He won the player of the year for the state of Pennsylvania. That's how good he was on so a high school point, level. at one point, he was one of the 50 best High school players in the, in the country. country. He was the best player for this state. He hasn't found a solid spot in the NBA. It's hard. That, yes. that shit is not like Meek Mill is an anomaly. Yes. Drake is an anomaly. I know that may sound crazy because you see Drake, T.I., Ludacris, Lil Wayne, they all hang out, Quavo, Migo. These niggas is anomalies because the average motherfucker is going to be walking up to you for the rest of his life. Tell some, yo, you in the music, big homie? And it's Take just, a, I'm taking a small donation, $3, $5, whatever you can stand, man. I'm just, just trying to fund my dream. It's the same way how when people walk up to me when I got my set. It was funny because when I see my man Johnny the other day because he works up. The, he, a, a, he had the shit on in the supermarket. 
And we was talking, because I had on regular shit. Motherfucker, hey, can I ask you a question real quick about something, dog? I'm like, whoo. <laughs> I got to deal with that bullshit right now. But that's how crazy it is. When they say it's 20,000 applications on file, they not lying. Yeah. It's only 2,000 drivers with 20,000 apps sitting. That shit is so... And that's just a regular ass fucking city. So that got job. a ten percent success rate. So it's like you look at basketball, rapper, uh, uh, um, fashion model, all these these things. You're talking people, about point oh three percent of some shit like that. Where people think you just show up and it's just like, oh no. Like I say it all the time. Yeah, Jay Z's a billionaire. He's a billionaire. Dr. Dre is a billionaire. These niggas had to go through absolute hell. Yes, to get there. Absolute hell. Jay-Z got locked up for un-getting stabbed. You know what I'm saying? He had to have his shit with his motherfucking uh, cheating just out in the fucking public eye. They fucking can't. They, these niggas talk about your baby crazy. You got to go through hell as a rapper to get that. Mike Rubin was fucking sharpening skates. <laughs> Sharpening skates and, and, and buying fucking all of the closeout footwear from famous footwear at Dog, 16 years old. Selling it's just them out like, of why would you not want to do that as opposed to that? Yeah. I'm just not even trying to be funny. Yeah. Like, yeah, it may look easy, but you got to go. Drake had to go through hell. Hell. Dr. Drake been through hell. Like, real shit. Like, uh,. I don't know who it was the other day was saying that being a rapper is, is uh, more dangerous. Oh, Jim Jones. Was it Jim Jones? And, like, I was saying this myself. It's not that it's more dangerous, but the emotional pitfalls that can come from that, like the, PT, the PTSD, yeah. that shit is real because you can really develop mental issues. Think about how many motherfuckers, like, is addicted to the lean and to the drugs and to they oh, can't give up the lifestyle. Like, that shit fucks with you. Yeah, and, and, and in the words of Birdman, because he always give you one, this shit get gangster. Like, you know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers die. Motherfuckers get shot. Like... We don't know what the fuck happened to Pop Smoke. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what happened to Biggie Smalls and Tupac. I was thinking about Big and Pac the other day. Like, damn, Big just got killed and Puff just danced right through that shit. Like, nigga, what the fuck you going to do? And it's like Puff, he another one, had to go through absolute hell to get to that billion. So, yeah, you can get there. But what I think the, the message needs to be, especially for the youth, is there are not easier ways, but there are ways you can go where it's more diverse and it's more wide open for all and of y'all. You can be more successful. You can. The margin is so it's like, all right, think about being a running back in the NFL. What's the average NFL player shelf life? Six years? For a running back, it's like three to five. Three to five. So say four years. Yeah. So you can have a four year successful contract. You're going to be on a rookie scale deal. You might make it to your second big deal, get part of that guaranteed money. Get injured, whatever. Get like the fuck we, you're a Cowboys fan. We yeah. both Cowboys fans. Hey, Taylor, no, hey, like low key, Zeke might be close to his back nine. Yeah, it like might be over. I'm, I'm not saying he is, but <laughs> if you might. looked at him this year, there were a lot of tackles and shit where two years ago he was making the motherfuckers miss. Yeah, and you could just tell he came into the season out of shape, all the bullshit, grabbing pities, not fucking working out during yeah. the fucking summer, and that shit it looked like it to where the white bull was the best running back in yeah. football this year. You know what I'm saying? And it's just it, it just was a different thing for Zeke, and it's like dog that like people don't realize. We, it's funny because me and uh, Johnny Wright was talking about the other day. Remember Corey Dillon. Remember Priest Holmes. Remember Larry Johnson. I'm like, dog, every two years the Jamal running back, Lewis. Chris Johnson, every two years the running back shit changed. And the only motherfuckers we've seen have it for an extended period of time was like Adrian Peterson. 
That's in recent years. Yeah. You know, OJ Simpson, Jim Brown, right, all right, the motherfuckers. Right. But like in recent years, it's been AP where it was like AP was the man for more than like three or four seasons. Yeah. Then you go back to like Emmett Smith. He was the man, right. but he was on the greatest fucking team ever. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, like I was saying the other day, that playing football, I, if I have a son, nigga, yeah, that's not even some in other the equation. Shit. Like, so I say that to say, it's like, all right, you could go and you can have a four-year successful career being an NFL player. You get a rookie scale deal. Say you get $30 million or whatever. You're going to fucking lose half of that between agent fees, taxes, and all, all of that bullshit. You might make it to a second contract, get part of that money, get injured, whatever, be out of the league. Or you could go learn how to code, learn how to do app development, learn how to fucking build fucking HTML and all of that shit. You could come out of school making a hundred and then in three years be making an M and then for the next 45 years you making a million plus and who had the better career right you know what I'm saying because if that running back don't do smart shit with that money he's fucked the he's only done. thing is is like when you the running back you the face so when you walk in the club everybody like oh shit here come Kajana yeah. Carter you know what I'm but saying but guess what I didn't been in a motherfucking club I was in live one time and we in there, we had a section, $15,000 section, and the motherfuckers next to us had a $15,000 section, and, and, and man, they $15,000 section looked better than our shit, and these was all Indian tech guys, yeah. and they in there lighting it the fuck up. Great Goose, Luminous Dom P, 1942, before I knew what the fuck it was, and I'm like, God damn, these motherfuckers know some shit I don't know. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's plenty of ways to get money, and it's like, for niggas, we just run to the same tried and true formulas, or when we go outside the box, we go way outside the box, and we just try to reinvent the wheel and just do some <laughs> shit that don't make no sense at all. And it's like, yo, where the fuck did you get that from? Like, yeah. it's like, where did you get Tamika's condoms, chicken, and, and hot, girl, yeah. hot girls from? You know what I'm saying? Where did you get all of that shit from? It was funny because, like I said, somebody was telling me how they had a conversation. It was like, damn, all the uh, the um. The Philly chicks want to sell hair in open boutiques, and then all the niggas want to do podcasts. And I'm like, yeah, there is a monkey see, monkey do aspect. I think just like it ain't even Philly. I think it's just it's I think it's just like our culture, like yeah. just in general, motherfuckers. Like you, it's I always say it, people kill me when they be like, yo, teach me how to play poker, and they be like, bro, I started playing poker in '06. Right. So it's like, yeah, you see me come in third place at the Philly Poker Open, or win this tournament, this daily, or or have it. It's like. Uh, I had to get my head cracked yeah, this over. This is 14 years like, of I, like, hard work. I, I dead ass had to go through, like, I remember, like, getting my ass whooped in public yeah. where I was like, I don't want to lose no more money. Like, this yeah. shit is starting to get stupid. And that's kind of how it go. And it's like, that's the equivalent of Dr. J with his priority deal. Like, okay, I figured out what the fuck we did wrong with Easy and all of them. Man, I'm out. Y'all on some bullshit. Holla back. Sugar on some shit, whatever, whatever. We starting death row. Then he realized Sugar on some bullshit. Yeah. And he just like, you know what? Y'all can have all this shit. I'm starting a new company. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm cool. And now you see the the end of it where right. it's like, damn, Dre made a billion. And it's like, oh shit, Dre made a billion. A billion. But you don't realize Dre was in jail for five months. Right. Jay, Dre is still looked at as a woman beater. Dre is hate by a lot of people through throughout yeah. like you gotta go through things to actually get there and that's really what it be motherfuckers don't want to go through nothing they want to wake up tomorrow and be successful yeah they just want the success like people don't really want they want the lifestyle and, and they want the success and they want the perception of being successful and they want everybody to know like nigga I got motherfucker uh, they all of that stick your chest right. out shit you know what I'm saying whereas people like me and you 
we been talking about this shit on the podcast. The whole, man, you get give us 300, 500. I'm, niggas never going to see me again. Right. Like, it's over. Podcast, all that shit. <laughs> it's over unless the money come from doing right. the podcast. But niggas are never going to see me again. Like, so it's just like, man, I, I just don't be understanding, like, the mentality of certain people. And motherfuckers just literally don't be used to nothing. So they, they just itching for that one moment to be like, I'm a, I can't wait. I'm a shit on everybody. It just, it, one thing that amazed me with, like, our culture in particular is, like, how we look at like sort of like we sneaker guys like the equivalent of what the the grails are to yeah. people like for me I know I want a house in Nevada I'd love to have a condo in Miami you know it's a couple other things I want to experience <laughs> want to do whatever whatever yeah. as far as like once you get into like materialistic shit like watches and clothes and shit like that I look at it's sort of like how we always talk. Like, I said it uh, a couple years ago. Any teenager in a Milano shirt is trouble. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and then uh, it, eventually it moved from Milano to the, the Mabel Marie. Like, yeah. any, any young boy I seen with that shirt, I'm like, I know he up to no good with some <laughs> silly shit. And it's crazy because that's really how this shit works. It's like somebody say something is decent, that's that's it's what it, that's what it that's is. That's what I'm aspiring to get, to have the like there's no individuality. And like you see it with the jewelry aspect of it. All niggas know is Rolex. Gotta get the crown on wrist. Gotta get the crown on wrist. Gotta get the crown on wrist. And it's just like, bro, there are so many other nice times. Like to the point where you got niggas out here spending nine hundred dollars on a life. fake Rolex. Yeah. It is the I, I cannot get because I got a nice citizens that was eleven. <laughs> the and, science of it is and so it's just backwards. like but again. I'll put my citizen's watch on and feel great in that joint. I worked for this. It's mine. Yeah. But you got motherfuckers over here, like you said in the club, that's running around with a fake watch. And motherfuckers is looking at him like, oh, shit, he got the new... Yeah, or a shitty watch. And because I'm cursed with so much knowledge and I know about anything that I buy, whether it be jewelry, clothes, whatever, I'm looking at you like, yo, you got on the motherfucking 2004. It's 2020. You ain't killing it, but to these niggas, because they don't have shit, you're the man. But that's what I'm saying. Because on the flip side, if you if you go, you gonna buy a tag cure or a motherfucking swatch. It's like or and, Omega, and, and that's your and you you put that on when you put on a nice suit or a sweater or whatever. And motherfuckers is like. Oh, he ain't fucking it up. Right. And because motherfuckers don't want to be that. Like, I'm yeah. not, I gotta be, I gotta fuck it up. I got so this is where you get motherfuckers borrowing jewelry. Yeah. Yo, let me hold you. Yo, you know I'm going down. So I need to do what you, you know say? What time it is. You know what time it is. I need to jump. Need to jump, bro. Like motherfuckers that we've developed, it's almost like uh like I forgot what the word is. It's like a form of PTSD, where it's like it's 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 a mental like almost like a conniption. Like motherfuckers yeah. cannot function the right way because of Instagram complex, uh, GQ top ten essentials, and yeah. all these different things people watch. Where they like, oh no, I gotta have this. It's gotta- so much media. Let's talk about that. It's so much media being produced, whether it be social media, all these different little startup. It's Instagram pages that are dedicated. To the jury, mm-hmm. to rappers' jury, it's so much shit. You on the explore page on Instagram, it's traumatizing. It, so, so it's like to a motherfucker that don't have, you're being told indirectly that you are inadequate because you don't have this shit. I, I had because a, Quavo's oh. 24 years old and he got 92 chains and 14 Rolexes, so you feel like, God damn, I'm, I'm a loser. Like, 
It's like, no, that's not your path. Right. I, I had a, a woman who is actually kind of successful, does very well. She straight told me she had to get off Instagram. She was like, I had to delete it, like, and hasn't been back on there because she was like, I I have a business. Actually, I have two businesses, and they're both doing well. She has a nice fucking house and decent car. Her kid goes to private school mm. and all this shit. But she's like, I go on Instagram and I see bitches with 19 Chanel. They got the Chanel bag in every fucking <laughs> right. color. And she like, it literally started fucking with me. Like, to where she's like, I started buying shit and doing shit that I had no fucking bit. Like, this is so, like, here I am where I'm like, now I'm going to pay my son's school for the next two years. But then I stopped that to go buy this bag right. and this shit. And she's like, it's, it's, it's like, uh... Psycho programming, almost like yeah. what they did to Blanco on Street Fighter. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like creating an animal. That's essentially what it is. And it's wild because I, for me, I, I guess I just never really looked that deep into it. Like, I, you know, I, me and you send each other watches and jewelry yeah. and shit. I just be like, yo, that shit is hot. Going to Cheesecake Factory. Right. Nothing, but <laughs> like, yeah, it ain't nothing like, that I gotta have where it's like, I, like my whole thing is. People may not understand certain I, our our listener base. I love y'all because y'all smart as a motherfucker and y'all be able to dissect through a lot of shit we be talking about. But it's like some of y'all. Cer- certain people like aren't able to like differentiate like what people do from who they are. Like who I am and what I do is not the same shit. Like I buy nice shit and all of that, but that's just because I like nice shit. But I'm not less of Chad or I'm. It doesn't change the core fabric of me if I don't have a Cartier and a Rolex right now, or if I'm not able to go buy a new chain. You know what I'm saying? If I want to, like, that shit doesn't determine who I am because all of this shit could go back tomorrow. I can cash it all in, be up XYZ amounts of $1,000, and go and do some whole other shit. Buy some property, buy a fucking business, whatever, and be done with it. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I'm not affected by my ability to have or not have nice shit. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm just as comfortable in a pair of Balenciaga sneakers as I am in a pair of fucking $90 Nikes right. that I wear every day. Or my fucking $90 Zara coat that I fucking, you know what I'm saying, that I'm wearing. Yeah. I went and met my homie last night. He's like, what kind of coat is that? I'm like, Zara. He like, man, I would think you're bougie ass. I said, dog, you got me fucked up. Like, I wear this coat every day. I love this yeah, coat. When, when, like, my <laughs> homies, like, actually come over and, like, go in my closet, and they be like, why do you not wear this shit? And I'll be like, bro, I wear these same, these girls comfortable as shit. It's like, I like, I, the crazy part is I got like suits and all that shit. I'm just like, my, my homie, my, my, my homie, he was like, damn, dog, I didn't even know you was like a suit nigga. I'm like, what the fuck I'm going to wear a suit to your house to come play Madden for? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, like, what the fuck am I going to wear a suit over there for? And it's just like, yeah, I, you know, it, it's one of them things where the, once you start letting the material shit make you, you or break, like it's because it's a rabbit hole. You can never recover. That's why you see so many young people that make a lot of money that are like grossly in debt because, like I tell people all the time, you adjust to like say you working at a job, you making fifty thousand. Your motherfucking boss go off, do some bullshit, whatever. Start a Ponzi scheme, get busted, they get fired. You making one hundred and twenty thousand starting tomorrow. You mm-hmm. man, you went from fifty to one twenty. Motherfucker gonna adjust to that 120 in two pay periods. Yeah, easy. They gonna be going to better restaurants. They gonna be fucking uh, getting a new, trying to break, kind of break. How much to break this motherfucking lease? I can't yeah. live in this bullshit. They gonna be driving the Benz by the fucking, by, right. the, by week eight. You know what I'm saying? Like, they gonna find a way to adjust to the money. And it's like, yo, the way I was able to get ahead and get up is because for four years following me going broke and going bankrupt, I lived below my means intentionally. I lived in a nice apartment, but not as nice as I could have lived in. I drove a decent car, not as nice as I could have drove. Mm-hmm. 
I spent money, you know what I'm saying? But not as much as I could have spent. It's crazy as fuck, but when I got my fucking Lex, they approved me for double what I spent on my Lex. Yeah. Like, the money that I wound up paying for my car, my credit union approved me for double. Like, I could have dead ass went and got, I fucking around could have got the new LS5. And right. I just was like, no, nah, because we want to get the crib. So I'm just like, no, nah, like, that's stupid yeah. to take a fucking car note that's $900 right now. That's just yeah, dumb. I got to manage and, my debt to income ratio. And, and people don't realize it's like we get so. Driven over there, it's like you gotta have the new job. You gotta, new you gotta pull up in the big boy. Like I remember, uh, this is just so weird the way motherfuckers act. And I'm gonna get on this next, like the weird hating shit that people be on. Nigga, at my job bought a um the 550 I. Personally, I like the 550s more than I like the 750s because the 550 and the 750 have the same engine. It's right. the same 4.4 twin turbo V8. The 550 is so much faster because it's lighter it's a than the 750. Yeah. I actually like that shit. I don't really like the 535 or the 540, but the 550 I love. Yeah. So a nigga bought a 550 in my job, whatever, whatever, and it's 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 his. It's he works every fucking day. He bought yeah. the car, so he was like wiping it down one day as he was getting off work, and one of the the the. Uh, uh, Supervisors at my job, he was like out there in like the supervisor truck. So he got out and he was like looked over, was like, look at this nigga all hype and shit. And I'm like, what's wrong with him? He was like, oh, that nigga act like like he got a fucking seven series or something. It's a five. And I'm like, I'm out. And I just, I, I just walked off. And he was like, damn, what's wrong with you? I'm like, dog, that was weird as shit. I'm like, what the fuck? That man minding his business, wiping right. his car down that he worked and he didn't ask you for a buck for it. <coughs> he and, asked you for a bucket of water. And you talking about. He's acting like it's a seven. I'm like, no, he's acting like it belongs to him. And, and and that's where we are as like black folks sometimes. It's like, fam, I follow the fucking uh the dude who works for the prince of uh Qatar, yeah. the royal family. I follow him on Instagram. You know what he drives? A gold M3. I'm pretty sure he could have an M4 <laughs> or an M6 or M7 or, ba- or Alpina B7 <laughs> yeah. if he wanted one. The niggas lit. He has that's his joint. He shows it off. He has a gold M3, and it's just like maybe the nigga wanted a 550. Right. You know they sell 550s right. <laughs> for a reason. Maybe maybe if you get in a position you want. I, me personally, I want my my one of my dream joints is a, a Porsche Targa. Not a Porsche Turbo S. I like the Turbo S's, but I like yeah. the Targa because of the glass back with the fucking roof to come off. So it's like, yeah, the Targa, I think like, you figure looking at like 150, 160, the Turbo S is like 215. If I go get a Targa, am I not doing good because I didn't get a Turbo <laughs> right. uh, you know I know? still pay 150. <laughs> but, and like people need to understand that. Sometimes that person wanted that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe sometimes they just wanted that. Real shit. I remember one of my neighbors, she was talking to my mom out front. One of the neighbors across the street, they was getting their house like remodeled in the front. And the the lady who lived a couple doors down to my mom was like, I don't know why they why she put that front door on the house. And my mom was like, that's the fucking door she asked for, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, maybe she, like you go to Home Depot, they got, uh, you ever see the, the, the door rack? <laughs> like, you don't go into Home Depot and be like, yeah, I'm here for a door. And they be like, yeah, the door right there. We got doors right there. Like, right. it's not like that. Like, you you allowed to just get what you want. But again, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. If somebody be like, oh, no, that shit ain't it, then it's like, oh, no, I don't want that. Right. 
instead of just being an individual and getting what the fuck it is you like and want. That's the way it's supposed yeah. to work. I, I make it a point to let people know, like, whenever they trying to get some fucking point, I'd be like, yo, you do know you're not going to change my mind, right? Like, my mind is long made up before you ever right. thought of whatever you'd, you'd fucking come, your, whatever your, uh, your, your reply or rebuttal was to, to what I like, I, you know I'm not going to change my right. mind. I'm not like, about to hear you and be like, hmm. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, fuck what I was talking about. Like, it, it don't work I know, like because that. Because I've already thought about yeah. all the options and all the details. I've already thought about. It. I literally the other day we were talking about um, uh, how we always talk about clutch shots with LeBron, Jordan, and Kobe, and I'm like, bro. There is evidence. Like, once I have the evidence, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. Did you see the shit with Judge Judy the other day where the boy filmed himself doing oh, yeah, the contract yeah, yeah, yeah. with his with his uh, old chick for the yeah. car? And, like, Judge Judy, like, <laughs> smart. Smart. <laughs> Playing it. Once we have the evidence, there is nothing else I can yeah. use to go and be like, oh, no, nah, my personal eat feeling or <laughs> that shit don't work like that. Once I have the facts or the evidence, so the yes. facts say that LeBron in shots to win or go ahead in under 60 seconds left in a game, he shoots a higher field goal percentage than Kobe and Jordan combined. I cannot come away from that and be like, yeah, Jordan more clutch. It just, it doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the other day we were ever, and I'm going to go to this. We were having a conversation and, um, I was basically, they were talking about, you know, that whole Jordan, Kobe shit, we in a barbershop. And I'm like, at this point, I think it's fair to say that LeBron has developed one of the best fadeaways, if not the best fadeaway jump shot we've ever seen. And, one or all his like, so you really think his fadeaway is better than Jordan's? I'm like, here's the thing. He covers more ground with his fadeaway. Just by nature, he's 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, Jordan was 6'6". Six, 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 yeah. And he can jump a lot higher than Jordan could because he's stronger. His legs are strong. His fucking legs like a goddamn mule. So when you see LeBron, they, even uh, Jeff Van Gundy the other day was like, the space that he creates on his fadeaway, he's like, it's like 10 feet. From where he like actually dips and turns and spins, yeah. and then the shit is water. It's unblockable almost. Right. It's water, and that's what made the shit when Giannis blocked it so crazy. Like, damn, he caught right. Ron, he, <laughs> he covered all that ground. And I'm just like, it's safe to say that at this point. And the, the shit that kind of tripped me out, and I want to go into this shit. The oh, it was like, ah, Matt, you done lost all that weight and lost your mind with it. And I'm just like, <laughs> bro, what the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? And. It trips me out because we were having this whole conversation yesterday, me and a couple of people, a couple of my female friends, a couple of like Jules, Rod, whatever we was talking. And I'm just like, I didn't realize this shit was going to bother people as much as it has. Yeah. You know, I, I, I get it. Change is, is strange for, for any and everybody. So change is always one of those things where like people, they adhere to it, they like it, or they... Revolt against it. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's one of them things. But the fact that I have to continuously hear about this shit is so strange. So let me tell you what happened yesterday. So, in fact, not yesterday, the day before. I went to the gym. I don't know if you saw it, but I was basically like, because I always post my IG story. I'm in the gym, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I was like, I was doing Wayne's 10 best features or whatever. Okay. So I was posting pictures with like what I feel are t Wayne's 10 best features. So the last picture I posted was me without a shirt on, like just at the end of the workout. Like I took a picture like in the mirror, like showing off like my delts and whatever, whatever. So I, I saw my IG story. I ain't really thinking about it. 
So maybe an hour went past, and I was getting all DMs, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. damn, bro, you really put on all this bullshit. Did, did, you know how you send somebody a story or a post from Instagram? Like, you go in the shade room, you click the little arrow, you go on a story, yeah. you hit the little dots, whatever, whatever. So I get a DM from this girl. Mind you, this girl, me and her are like, we ain't friends, but we know each other on Instagram. We follow each other. Whenever I post pics, she likes them and yeah. be like, yo, keep grinding, bro. You're doing great, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So... I get a DM from her, and it's my story, right? So she meant to, meant to send it to somebody else. She meant to send it to someone else. She she It comes to me. I see the story, and then I see the, the three dots, like the typing, and it was like, look at this nigga. He swear he the shit now. Like, fuck out of here. These niggas be having weight loss surgery and turning into bad bitches. Like, I'm sick of these niggas. And I'm like, sis, did you mean to send this to me? <laughs> That's what I say. Yeah. Then when I say that, it disappears. Delete, and yeah. it was like the message is no And I'm just like... That was weird as shit. Yeah. And it really just had me like, who else does this weird? And to the point where I'm just like, I don't even know if I'm posting on my IG story again. Right. And then like my homies and a couple people like, oh, no, man, because your IG story be getting people like inspired and motivated. Da, 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 da. I'm just like, yeah, but it also gets the weirdos going right. and fucking, you know, <laughs> overdrive. And I'm just like, I don't really want to have to think about that goofy shit because I don't think about it. It's yeah. just what I be doing. And. Is in the same breath that that weird shit happened. So I had two people hit me. Um, one person, I think he's from here. Then another person hit me from. He was in Lexington, Kentucky, and both of them were telling me how like they overweight and you know one one dude he's getting ready to get married and he's like you know I feel like I'm 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 on some some shit where I can feel myself like super slipping and I'm breathing heavy at night and you know I'm waking up short of breath and da da I'm like yeah bro I had that sleep apnea like I know how that shit go and whatever whatever and we just started having like conversations you know what I'm saying and both of them was like yo bro like you a true inspiration man like the fact that I can reach out and talk to you and you really you know what I'm saying chop it up with me like I appreciate that so much and I'm just like like, it's like, you know, the, the scale. Yeah, like, you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? You got, and, got a little bit of both. Yeah, and, and you just constantly have to deal with nonsense when you're in certain situations. And people are like, oh, well, don't let the nonsense, you know, outweigh what you got going on. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier. It's just like, I, I think I just need to get away from all of y'all. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, because, again— At some at, point, not to cut you off, but at some point you just got to say— Maybe it's me. <laughs> and I was I was telling uh, my homegirl yesterday, I'm like, I wasn't trying to be no Martin Luther King or, or, or fucking, you know, Marcus Garvey or no fitness shit. I was more so just telling my story, like yeah. what I'm going through day to day. You know what I'm saying? And the emotion that you can invoke from people Ooh. who shouldn't be caring about what you're doing <laughs> to that extent. Yeah. It's mind blowing to me, like actually seeing it happen and go on. It's the weirdest fucking thing ever. So that shit was just, it was so strange. I, I, I wish you could have seen my face because I'm just like, did you mean to send this to me? And I blocked her. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, of course. And I'm just really on the server. I'm, I'm just blocking everybody now. Like, you say anything weird I don't like. You gotta yeah, go. Yeah, you're blocked. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it, some weird shit like that happened to me a couple months ago, not to the same extent, but it was just like some party shit. Like, uh, some girl, I guess, has, we had a party at recess or whatever. And it was like a good party, whatever. Made some decent money off of it. And some girl has sent the story to her girlfriend. And was like, damn, we missed a good one, blah, blah, blah. Somehow the girl reply, the other girl's reply came to me and was like, oh, that shit not even that popping like that. Uh, you should, I would take you on a Friday so you can see. And I'm just like, 
what? And she's like, oh, my bad. That was, wasn't for you. And I'm like, yo, y'all got to be more careful with this technology yeah. shit. Because now when I see you, you the weird bitch that sent the number right. to my Right, exactly. And that's really where I'm just like, oh, I saw you in Chipotle one day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm going to see you again, bro. Like, what the fuck was that? Definitely going to see you again. <laughs> and Heavy going to see you again vibes. But my thing is this. It's like, why is it that somebody doing something why does it bother you that much? It bothers everybody. It's it, sad. Yeah. It, we 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 in a weird weird like little time period because it's like y'all y'all live for nonsense. Y'all live for bullshit. But then on the flip side, somebody does something that's halfway decent and try to like just not like I could have legitimately just like disappeared and just showed up in two years. Then like, it would have been you bougie and you too good for motherfuckers. Oh, you lost that weight now you too good. <laughs> motherfuckers, here's the thing. Motherfuckers will have something to say whether you good, bad, or indifferent. It's the craziest <laughs> shit on earth. You know what I'm saying? That's all motherfuckers want to do is talk because people don't do enough. So what, they, so what do they do? They just talk. They just pop shit. Like, that's all people are good for. I literally had a joint the other day with, with somebody we both know and I'm, I'm just like, um... It was same type, John, like some some weird little shit got said. And I just was like, well, here's the thing, dog. The gym is open 24-7. I'll be there in an hour. Come out, work me. It's simple. Right. If you feel like that the only reason this is going on is because of that, cool. Pull up. Outrun me on the on the treadmill. Right. Outgo on the <laughs> elliptical. Outlift me when it comes to it's like pull up. It's not that difficult. You yeah, know what I'm it's, saying? It's quite simple. We don't gotta go through the bullshit that you know y'all niggas wanna go through at the fucking gym, but it's like <laughs> just pull up and we it, it's simple. You know what I'm saying? It's like just go work, go do yeah, and that's yeah. kind of where it's like the whole situation, like on the flip side, it's like you know you could just go and do work. <laughs> you know that's always an option, right? No. <laughs> Nigga, no. This shit is crazy, man. It's like we we really, really have reached a... a I don't even know what to call it at times. Because it's like you got people who... You know, you look at like both of us. People who are like <coughs> doing good out here. And you, you know Kev didn't have to come up here and do that. And he was happy to do it. Like Kev, like, yo, whenever y'all want is, me back up here... Kev I'm, is up. Like, Kev don't gotta come do that. Kendall don't gotta come up here from down south to come fuck with us and sit down and do that. Carl right. don't gotta take time out of his day from pastoring two churches exactly. to come here and try to just put some type of decency. Plus, plus women's group, plus Bible study, plus men's group, and all, plus all the community work that he's doing. Like, Spank didn't have to come up here. A lot of the, yeah. just they don't have to do it. You know what I'm saying? Clint ain't have to come up here. It's just like, legitimately, when you got things going on you can realistically that's why i always say like we got to start really respecting lebron for still going and still being like the fact that he's become like the mentor now for the young players for the john morans the devin bookers for all these dudes you got to respect that because niggas don't got to give you 17 years in the game you know what i mean and that's just kind of how it is when it comes to like a lot of things like you don't really have to do all these things but people take time out to do it and show shit and be a part of shit and motherfuckers still piss the fuck off and it's just like i don't know what to say about it it's just weird like yeah i just think this like culturally speaking um you know we can speak specifically on philadelphia because we here but just culturally speaking man it's, it's so many different like pressures and shit that are getting placed on people that's driving them crazy poverty is driving them crazy um 
and just like so many different societal factors and shit like that. And it's just it's just creating like a weird dynamic of just interact public interaction and social interaction amongst people that we didn't have years ago. And we're just seeing it more and more and more and more and more. And it's just like a it's like a fucking weird time to be black in America. In Philadelphia. In particular. Yeah, it's strange as fuck. Um we actually did good with no topics. Hey, man. One topic I, I low-key did want to touch on because, like, I had, like, three or four different women talk to me about it. The Megan Thee Stallion contract situation. How much time we got, T? Like, five minutes? Ten. Ten minutes? All right, we, we got time this. to get into it. So, the Megan Thee Stallion contract. I didn't thing. know she was signed to Carl Crawford. Yeah. That's funny as shit. <laughs> it's hilarious. When I saw the name, I'm like, I've seen that name somewhere before. Then I saw the picture of him with a big chain and a grill. I'm like, that's the baseball <laughs> thing acting like this. The funniest part of Carl Crawford is that Carl Crawford is black and from Houston and looks Dominican. Yeah. <laughs> that's the funniest thing about yeah. Carl Crawford. So, uh, apparently, you know, Carl Crawford, like everyone, saw Megan Thee Stallion freestyling on the internet, whatever, whatever. She's in his city, so it was probably personal for him. He's trying to figure out what the fuck am I going to do after baseball, after finessing a $142 million contract out of the Dodgers. Right. I'm going to start a fucking... I'm going to do what anybody would do. Any sensible nigga with some money, bring the label back. Bring the label back. (laughs) Not start a hedge fund. Not fucking, I mean, become a venture capitalist. Listen to nothing we said here. No hedge funds, no venture capitalist work. Bring the label back. Bring the label back, baby. You know what I'm saying? Because niggas want to be seen with their money. So he signs Megan Thee Stallion. And, you know, apparently at the time, the deal was good to her. Now... Um, you know, I'm sure she got probably a little, little paltry advance or whatever like that. And, you know, other than that, she's probably just been working her move, selling her albums, doing shows and just building her profile up. But, you know, as she gets bigger, the business gets bigger. Right. She's got four platinum records as a solo artist. So now it's like, wait a minute. You know, if you just take, you know, two dollars times, uh, you know, a million in each case, talking about eight million plus the other album sales, plus the touring, probably merchandising and all of that shit. So she's probably generating like, like 20. 20, 30 M's, you know, in a good year mm-hmm. or whatever like that. And it's going to get bigger. Right. So now it becomes a situation where you go from having like janky bootleg management or having the label manage you, right. which is probably the most probably the most of the case, to having real management in Rock Nation. And you start having people review your contracts and this and that. And it's like, yo... Did you know you were in a 60-40 where their 60 comes off of the top and your 40 covers all of the expenses to market, promote, and distribute your album? No, I didn't know that. Do you know that you've probably never received a royalty the whole entire time that you've been signed to 1501, which has probably been about three years now? And, you know, they're probably eating 60% of everything, including your show, including your merch, including your digital, including everything? No, I didn't know that. So now... The initial response was, contrary to what Megan said, the initial response was, we got to get you to fuck off this label. Right. That was the initial response. So once that happened, Carl went and partnered with Jay Prince. Okay. Because y'all only got one artist or one notable artist. Y'all trying to muscle me out of my artist. So now I need backup. So he goes to Jay Prince because he know Jay-Z, as much of a businessman he is and a shrewd business person, he ain't going to play with Jay Prince. It's like that scene on Goodfellas. Fuck you, pay me. Exactly. Yeah. So it's one of those scenarios. So he goes and partners up with, with Lil J. So now, once Lil J gets involved, now the pitch changes to, I don't want to 
get out of the contract. I just want to renegotiate the terms. Something that's more fair for everybody involved. I still want y'all to get y'all piece. I get my piece. I'm able to facilitate paying Rock Nation, blah, blah, blah. Because the real issue at hand is Rock Nation is saying it ain't enough fucking crust on this pie to cut this motherfucker up by the time you get your 40%, which is covering all the expenses. It ain't nothing left for us right. to do our motherfucking job. You gotta renegotiate this deal the same thing that they did with Uzi. But with drama and canon, they don't have no big homie in the music industry. So Jay-Z just goes in and says, yo, change the fucking deal. And they change the fucking deal. Right. Lil' Jay is like, eat shit. What are you gonna do about it? Probably not gonna do nothing, but can you please change the deal? Yeah. So now they at a stalemate. <laughs> <laughs> so now they're at a stalemate. Carl Crawford and Lil J say, all right, until we figure all of this shit out, we ain't dropping nothing. Don't put shit else out. It's done. It's over. They fucking Rock Nation, Megan Thee Stallion, file a court injunction, get an emergency appointment, go to court. The judge says, you have a fiduciary responsibility to the project. So whatever y'all going through, y'all got to work that out through litigation. But the pro the music still got to come out because the overall agenda here is you got a business. She's part of your business. Y'all got to make money for the business. You figure out who gets what later on down the line. But you got to keep releasing the fucking music in order to generate the money. Right. So now they got to go through litigation, figure out what's fair. Was she under any type of duress when she signed the contract? Are, is she wrong? Are they? Is she wrong for not reading the contract properly or having a lawyer review it? Are they wrong for presenting the contract? Is the contract unlawful based on the terms and all of that shit? So that's not going to play out for probably another six to eight right. months now. Lil Wayne had Birdman in court for five years yeah. before he got any money, and then he got paid back to back. Right. He got paid from Universal, then he got fucking paid again because he got the rights back to Young Money a hundred percent to where now he owns a hundred percent of the label, and Bird had to cut him some bread or whatever for that but that shit took five six right. years so at best if they quickly resolve it then you know you're talking about six to eight months if not this shit gonna drag on forever and i think she's in like a five album deal and she put one album out right crazy so it was just it's a tough spot to be in i like megan a lot and you know she's making contrary to what they trying to put out there saying oh, she only made fifteen thousand she's making money she's just not making probably what she should be and it's the same thing with the Uzi shit he was making money but not what he should get Uzi came out of that shit like fucking oh my god. god that shit is crazy man and now Uzi has probably one of the fastest growing songs in the history of streaming. The, um, the, how did Uzi? What was the shit that he? What was 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 the uh, drama and canon deal the same as like Carl Crawford's with with uh, Megan? Basically, what it is is that Uzi wasn't in a bad deal. He was just in a new artist deal. But drama and canon are smart enough to recognize this is the new Lil Wayne. If you have the new Lil Wayne, what you do is you put him in a deal that front loads the money so that when he fucking complains down the line, because he's going to complain one way or another. He's an artist. Right. All artists cry and complain. You, in the history of artists, 50 Cent was making more money than anybody, and he still blew his shit up with Interscope just because right. he felt like it. Yeah. This is what artists do. So with that being said, they should have... Put him in a deal where at least he was getting like an Emma album. You know what I'm saying? Five album deal, a million per album. That's a five million dollar deal, whatever. Because they knew what this was. And they saw it. They put him on tour with Wiz Khalifa. Instantly, the shit starts going up. He puts out his first project. He's fucking in the beginning of streaming, beginning of Apple Music and all of that yeah. shit. The shit is performing. They look up. We got five gold records, a platinum album. They're like, holy shit. At that point, 
Y'all should have said, you know what? We're going to renegotiate this deal and get his kids some money now. Right. Because we got the leverage. And we can go to the label and muscle them and get them to put the bread up. But instead, they just left him in a new artist deal. He got like 50000 in advance and then whatever his fucking album budget is, yeah. whatever like that. But he's not getting that money. And they probably in on his show, which is a $100,000 show now. They in on his show. They probably in on his digital. They in on his merch. So it's like he looking at it like, yo, what the fuck? Like... I'm an artist that's generating 18, 20 million a year, but these niggas are taking 35% of it or whatever the fuck. Like, I got a song that went diamond and I'm only making 900,000. Like, what's wrong with this picture? Right, yeah. Like, shit like that. So it's like, he's in a standard new artist deal, but if you knew, and Drama and Cannon are very smart businessmen, if you knew that he was going to be this big, you supposed to rework that deal in the beginning so you don't end up losing your artist because now right. they're just going to lose them. You think Jay, like once Jay get his hands, get his... Because he's with Rock Nation He's with Rock Nation right? now. Yeah. yeah, but he's still signed to Atlantic for recording. Right. But Rock Nation is his management. management. But now there's no communication between Uzi and Generation Now, which is drama and canon. So you essentially lost your artist. It's over. And I know they put some fucking sunset clause in there to where it's like, yo, this next album going to come out and then probably one more... But I know that their percentages and all that shit are dropping as it goes along. So now, instead of saying, all right, we're going to front load the deal, get this nigga a million an album, give him 20%, give him 20 points or whatever the fuck like that, which is high. But artists now get 83 points out of 100. Right. Like, fucking Lil Cowboy uh, that had the, uh, the Envy Me record. He went to RCA with one song. The shit only had like a million views on YouTube. He got three million in advance plus... Uh, 80% of his masters. Wow. So it's like, when you see the new young bucks getting these crazy deals, a nigga like Uzi like, what the fuck is going on? I'm bigger than all these niggas. How am I, how are they getting so more money So when Uzi gets me? the, he got 19 from Live Nation, right? 30. 30 from Live Nation. So why, how does that work with drama? And get shit. Okay. They didn't get shit because Jay had already went in there and reworked the deal to get them out of his lives to get him out of his touring portion of it. So that money just all went to him. Okay, that's good. So that's the that's the whole thing of having a power broker like Jay-Z, but it's like when you got a bull on the other end like Jay Prince, it's like it's hard to pull that shit. Yeah. So that's the that's like the issue at hand. So now it's a stalemate. So they're gonna have to go to court, go to litigation, and figure this shit out. But it's not gonna be like an easy joint where it's like you're gonna look up Damar at Megan Thee Stallion and get all her rights back and she just go sign the universal or some shit like that. That's not happening. Yeah. Like that's not happening. Because Carl was smart and he said, Yo, I'd rather Jay Prince take half of my sixty than these motherfuckers take my artists and then I gotta start from ground zero again and I'm gonna have a bad name because soon as she get out the contract, you know she's gonna go on a fucking whole media tour bad mouth and them saying how they did unfair business and why would you rob me? I'm a young black woman and you a black man and you know that shit's coming. Yeah. So it's like you gotta you gotta hold your ground. Yeah. So it's just, it's like a tricky situation, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's business, you know what I'm saying? She's wrong for not having a lawyer review the contract. They're wrong for putting her in a deal that's, that's structured that way. You know, everybody has some fault or whatever. So now you got to let the courts fucking proceedings play this shit out. Yeah. Good breakdown. Hey man, this is what I do. The, uh... Yeah, I have no other topics. Yeah, I, I didn't uh, really care about anything. CRP Live Friday, April 3rd. Um, all the VIP tickets are sold out. We tried to add more VIP tickets. They said the yeah. 51 is the total allotment is done. 
Buy our, G, buy our GA tickets. We're trying to get this shit done. I'm working on now structuring a, a, a post party because um, the event starts at 10. We're working on structuring a post party sponsored by Hennessy and Crown Apple. I had that meeting Friday. So that's going to happen. We're just trying to figure out all the logistics. But it's a Friday night. Y'all going to be out there dressed nice, all of that shit. We're trying to set it up to where it's like a dope event to where it's like y'all can just go to one place pay one price and then that be that you know what i'm saying and we're gonna have like drink specials bottle specials if it's nice outside we're gonna light the patio up had a patio outside and all that shit after the show for motherfuckers to chill drink whatever do they thing and i'm gonna try to uh get some hookahs in that joint too so that's pretty much everything man um it is march officially uh my birthday's coming up and doing my birthday party saturday march 28th at noto 1209 vine street um, I have all of the marketing and all that shit for that out, some, out sometime this week. Uh, Saturday, March 14th at Noto, I'm doing Danny Garcia's birthday party. Um, you know, Philly boxer, all that shit. Danny Swift Garcia doing his birthday party. Uh, supposed to be music by DJ Sus One um, from New York. And March 21st, I'm going to be in Atlantic City, Bally's uh, Casino. I'm doing uh, Casino Weekend with Coco, his birthday, PC Prince, DJ Boo. We got Dream Dial and Friends hosting that event. So that's like my whole month and run a slate of events. Um, I got an interesting guest that I'm going to be bringing on next week. Um, TNS uh, Consultant, these guys do startups for uh, businesses and home health care companies. So they are going to be able to talk specifically about you know, the work that they do, how they set up home healthcare companies and all that shit, how people can get in touch with them. And then they have an event coming up um, April 5th um, at the King's Room, Ready Rocks event space. They got an event at the King's Room, which is basically like a seminar explaining all of the ins and outs of the home healthcare industry, how to start your own agency up. And the tickets is on sale now. Get in the game, hhc.eventbrite.com. You can get tickets for that. Um, I'm hosting that event with them. And um, that's pretty much everything I got coming up the next five weeks, man. I'm busy. I'm going to have to go back to work. <laughs> the trash. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my five weeks might be trash. The uh, the party might be over Friday. I'll figure. Keep keep me in prayer. Keep me in prayer. Yeah. Keep man in prayer so he doesn't have to go back to work. Right. We'll figure something out. So, But we out. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday, hopefully. Next Sunday, yeah. Well, this Sunday. This Sunday coming up. Yeah. All right. We out. Peace. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.